It's been since the 2007 high school football season that Princeton has qualified for the Ohio High School Athletic Association playoffs, but this year's Vikings team can take a big step in that direction with a win tonight over undefeated Fairfield. Welcome in as ESP Media brings you Princeton Vikings football. I'm Richard Skinner along with producer-engineer Zach Waddell. Princeton comes into tonight's game with four record of four wins and two losses overall, two and two in the Greater Miami Conference, and winners of their last two games in very different fashion, coming back to beat Lakota East 28-24 after they trailed 21-7 in the second half, came back to tie it at 21-all. Lakota East got a field goal with just under three minutes to go to take a 24-21 lead, and Princeton got a one-yard quarterback sneak from quarterback M.J. Hort with just 10 seconds to go to pull off that victory two weeks ago on the road. Last week also on the road, it was tied 21-all at Middletown, but... Princeton rolled off 22 unanswered second half points and went on to win that game by a final count of 43 to 21. And because of those last two victories, Princeton this week has vaulted itself into the playoff picture. Eight teams from each region in Ohio make the playoffs and in Division I, Region Four, where Princeton sits, Princeton moved in at number six this week, which had them comfortably in the playoffs. The Harbins though look like this. Fairfield sits at number one, so a win tonight would get you huge second level points because of the points you get for the team that you beat and the victories they have. So it'll be a huge way for Princeton tonight to take a huge step towards making the playoffs. They can pull off the victory. In region four, Fairfield is number one, St. Xavier number two, Elders number three, Coleraine is number four. Those would be the four home teams if the playoffs were to start today. And then Lakota West sits at fifth, Princeton six, Sycamore seven, Walnut Hills is at eight. On the outside looking in, heading into tonight, Mason at number nine, Hamilton at 10, Lakota East at 11, and Lebanon at 12. Well, winning tonight would go a long way for Princeton to make the playoffs, but it is a tall, tall task facing a Fairfield team that comes in with a record of six wins, no losses, 4-0 in the Greater Miami Conference and looking for a fifth straight playoff appearance under head coach Jason Krause. This team is fashioned with a running game and defense. Fine running back Juton McLean heading to the University of Kentucky. He's already rushed for over 1,000 yards on the season. And Fairfield as a team is averaging 300 yards per game. They've also done it with the best defense in the Greater Miami Conference, holding opponents to 195 yards per game coming in, and only 93 on the ground, which is really Princeton's bread and butter. The two teams have two common opponents this season, Middletown and Lakota East. Fairfield beat Middletown in the first game of Greater Miami Conference play on the road 47-7, and last week won at home over Lakota East 20-14, while Princeton beat East 28-24, and Middletown 43-21, both of those coming on the road. So certainly a matchup that's pretty much a 50-50 game. We'll see if Princeton can pull off the victory here at home tonight. We'll take a timeout when we come back. Robbie will talk with the superintendent of schools at Princeton High School. That's Tom Burton. We'll come back and look a little bit more at this Fairfield-Princeton matchup and dive into the numbers. And kickoff is about 15 or so minutes away. It's Princeton and Fairfield. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media. Getting answers, finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. Welcome into the studios of ESP Media. I'm Rob Ebel with First and Ten with the Superintendent Tom Burton. Every Friday we huddle up with Tom on the latest with Princeton Schools. Good afternoon, Tom. How's the week? Hey, Rob. Rob, it's great. Great week. You know, it's always a great day to see a Viking, but. We had a short week this week uh, with teachers and, and students all together. We had a great professional development day today. Teacher work day tomorrow. We're rocking and rolling. Exciting stuff going on at Princeton schools. Uh, a few items to talk about uh, besides the big game tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Um, two things I wanted to focus on today. 
One was the naming rights uh, to the stadium, which is so huge. I was able to take that in, uh, I think it was last week, and I saw the signage and the branding, and it's just beautiful. And then I also wanted to talk about uh, homecoming, uh, which is such a big thing at uh, Princeton and the, with the parade last night and everything. And I'll, Tom, I'll let you choose which topic you'd like to talk about first. Well, let's end with homecoming because I want that to be the last in people's minds because it's so Perfect. important for us. Perfect. Let's let's talk about these new naming rights and how exciting it is, the partnership with Princeton Schools, and I'll, I'll give you the floor to kind of tell everyone if they had not heard or seen about it. Sure. Thanks, Rob. Well, Jake Sweeney Auto has been a, a major community business partner for us for a long, long time. They're tremendous business. They meet the needs of their customers. They do a tremendous job. And we had an opportunity to talk in greater detail with them. They wanted to get involved with the community a little bit more and specifically show their support for Princeton City Schools. And uh, sat down, had multiple conversations, and really agreed to uh, be an authentic partner. And that led to the naming rights. And so it's a 10-year deal for for both parties, God. and so we are really at a point right now where, you know, we're starting to unveil a lot with that partnership, and a couple of the signs have gone up. There's there's one or two more that will be coming up later, but we're very excited and very appreciative for uh, Jake Sweeney Automotive Group and all the people there, and uh, especially uh, Zach Sweeney, who was uh, an alum of Princeton, who played football for the Princeton Vikings. And for the Bearcats, the University of Cincinnati, and has been um, instrumental in helping us uh, with this deal. And Zach is the grandson, for the folks that are out of town, and, and Zach is the grandson of Jake Sweeney, correct? Yes. Yeah, yes. That's, yeah, it's, it's great. Well, Tom, that's just, you know, all the great things that you're doing uh, at Princeton City Schools, the enthusiasm, the successes, you know, uh, corporations want to be a part of that. You know, they want to be recognized with success. And this is another example of a huge branded Cincinnati name and Jake Sweeney wanting to partner with your school district. I, you know, I know the when all the fans Friday night look at the, you know, the, the new video board, they'll see the jakesweeney.com. Uh, signage there next to uh, Coach Mancuso's. It looks fabulous, and uh, it, it, what a great partnership. Well, it really is. And the other thing, too, is that more and more superintendents across the country really have to look at alternative revenue streams. Uh, we have a levy that's coming up, which I'm sure we'll talk about in subsequent shows. But, you know, the burden to finance schools and to, to pay for education is falling, I believe, very unfairly, specifically on local taxpayers. Okay. So these partnerships uh, and the money that we are bringing in will help offset some of the expenditures that we're going to have to have down the line, specifically in this case with turf repairs, sure. any other repairs that we may have in the stadium. So we're able to put this money, set it aside, and then when repairs need to happen, we're able to move quickly without it falling all the time that burden on taxpayers perfect well what a great partnership uh once again with jake jake sweeney uh, automotive and the princeton city schools it's uh it looks great it's it's uh, allows you to to do things you know i'm 
I believe it's the best high school stadium in greater Cincinnati, if not the region. And uh, to keep it that way, you need funds to clean it, to keep the upkeep and uh, everything that goes with it. And now, now, now you have let's call it a rainy day fund uh, in order to uh, be able to keep that as a first-class facility. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Jake Sweeney is one of 411, 412 now authentic business partnerships we have. And it's not like we go out to every single one and, like, hey, give us money. We're actually trying to be authentic partners to be able It's not just getting, it's also giving. Right. So we have these wonderful partnerships across the board providing internships, job shadow experiences, all of these wonderful opportunities for our students. But it's also helping with the region in terms for workforce demand. So we're excited to do some partnership, additional partnership with Jake Sweeney Auto. Perfect. Well, that and just gave well me, as, yeah. gave us another topic for another show is uh, partnerships with the 412. <laughs> and we'll uh, spend some time on that because that's exciting because I was a big fan and, and uh, uh, with the co-op, uh, program at UC, and it was very instrumental in my career. And uh, I know if it's starting, if it's effective and available for high school students, more they they should jump all over because uh, getting that practical application is just uh, it just opens so many more doors for you. Absolutely, and perhaps the next show too, uh, we could talk about that. And also, I actually have Zach here because he he has a very unique perspective on the partnership, and he's very excited about that as well. Perfect. Well, we introduced it, got it out there, and uh, congratulations, Tom and, and Zach and Jake Sweeney, and, and uh, it's just just wonderful, just a wonderful part, new partnership, and uh, great stuff for the Princeton City Schools. Homecoming, homecoming is a very yeah. big deal at Princeton City Schools. Uh, uh, talk about the parade first last night. What a beautiful night for a parade, and it's just uh, it, it's pretty neat. Well, you know the parade itself. And walking in, it took about 40 minutes, right around 40 minutes, I believe. And just the lineup itself, we wrapped around in the middle school parking lot. I want to say we had upwards of 40 to between 40 and 50 individual groups that partook. It's outstanding. And yeah, it, it was. It literally was. A, it was amazing. And then we ended with a great pep rally, and the high school principal Ron Balmer did a great job talking and getting people fired up and and. Uh, you know, Mike Daniels spoke as well, head football coach, encouraging people to come out to the big homecoming game. And we also talked about the other activities we have going on this weekend, wishing people luck, whether it's with a state tournament or district competition. We have a lot going on. But the homecoming parade itself was amazing last night. Yeah, it's great. That's got to be an absolute, selfishly for you, a very feel-good moment, bringing up the rear and, and being a part of that. You just had to be beaming with pride. Certainly was, and I ultimately took some pictures as well. And just the sheer mass of people that were involved, it really shows that homecoming is very special and unique here. And in, you know, the homecoming freight didn't always exist, and so being able to kind of bring it back a couple of years ago, it's amazing. So, uh, with you and your staff, what does homecoming mean to you guys? You know, as you uh, hear about all the festivities, and now that it's back, and you're seeing the enthusiasm, when you guys walk around the office and talk about homecoming week, uh, just a different perspective from the administrative offices. What does homecoming mean to you and your staff? Well, I don't want to forget to mention a, a gentleman I had lunch with yesterday from the class of 1969. 
So, Rob, don't let me forget that. Okay. But what homesteading means to me from an administrative perspective and from our, from all of our uh, administrators is it's a reminder of the work that we need to do. Okay. When you talk to people that have been very successful in life and from a career perspective, it reminds you the importance of it, what you're doing. And you talk to some people who maybe would like to change one or two things in life, mm-hmm. then you know that maybe perhaps we could have done better. Interesting. So it's a constant reminder. See, that's a great perspective because I, I would have never thought about that, about homecoming. It would just be coming back and seeing friends and reconnecting and things like that. But from a different perspective, just making sure that, you know, the the importance of it and just having that connection and yeah, it's just awesome awesome insight well thank you thank you talk yeah, to me about this lunch you had lunch. talk to me about this oh lunch God. that you had when you talk about and you know sometimes rock it's easy for people to think boy you know superintendents are always talking positive it's never anything negative or whatever and so maybe some people may think that we practice the fine art of hyperbole. Sure. But let me tell you about this. And this is, as sure as I'm here, you can't even make this up. There's a gentleman I had lunch with, class of 1969, say Dan Bellman. Okay. And he pulled out something in his wallet that he's been carrying for 50 years. Wow. And it was a mini diploma that he received the day that he graduated. And he was carrying around, carrying around, and at one point had it laminated, and it has been in his wall for 50 years. Wow, that, that's important. That there's, when you know that people care that much, right. the legacy that you're going to leave in leadership is really, in, I mean, it's really serious, and you can't take it lightly, and it's a heavy burden on you. But the fact of the matter is when people are carrying around something they got 50 years ago, and there's many other people like that, you have, you have some lifting to do, and you shouldn't take it lightly. Right. And, and Princeton's, Princeton High School, Princeton Schools made a difference in Dan Bellman's life. Absolutely. And he talks about it with pride. Yeah, it's awesome. That's a great story. But it's... So homecoming is a special week, and it's uh, different at each school. And it's it's. I'm glad that it's been brought back at Princeton. It's uh, just to see the enthusiasm of all the social media uh, content that's going out there. It's just just awesome to see. So that segues us into a, a big evening tomorrow night, uh, seven o'clock kick. Fairfield Indians come over to uh, Princeton Stadium, Patman and Cuso Field, to face the four and two uh, Princeton Vikings. Potentially could be a little rainy. It would be our first rain uh, Friday of the season. Compared to last year, we'll take it. Tom, a big game Friday. You know, it's a monstrous game. Fairfield, again, another team that seems like a broken record. You know, well-coached, great talent. You know, just like Middletown was, just like Lakota East and, and all of Sycamore and all the other games we played this year. Uh, Jatan McLean is an unbelievable running back. Yes, he is. Uh, if you look statistically, he's he's done unbelievable every single game. So that's a big key for us, make sure we're able to uh, stop him from getting going. And uh, although it's probably not being able to stop him, it's just containing him. Slow him down. Yeah, that's great. Yep. Well, tickets are still available. Kickoff is at 7 o'clock. If you're unable to make it to the, to the game, uh, you can certainly go to vikenation.org and – 
Click on the button in the upper right-hand column of the website. Click to listen to hear Richard Skinner give you all the live play-by-play on vikenation.org. Tom, as always, uh, I appreciate your time. Great segment today. Wish the uh, Vikings uh, great success tomorrow once again, Friday. Fairfield Indians versus the Princeton Vikings, 7 o'clock kick. Um, Everybody come out and support the Vikings. It's a big game. And, uh, Tom, have a great weekend. Uh, Good luck uh, tomorrow, and uh, we'll touch base next week. Thanks, Rob. Really appreciate it. For all the alums out there, feel free to stop by. We're going to have plenty of of tents set up and love to welcome everybody back and and certainly look forward to uh, the fellowship that will follow. Awesome. Have a great weekend, Tom. Thanks for your time and all the best. This is Jerry Snodgrass, Executive Director of the Ohio High School Athletic Association. One of my long-standing goals is to help people understand that high school sports are about so much more than wins and losses. The OHSAA promotes education-based athletics, where sports are an extension of the classroom. Our schools all want to win. There's no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, it's all about sportsmanship, leadership, and making certain that academics are a priority. Thank you for your support of high school sports in Ohio. Here to Pat Mancuso Field, Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium, Richard Skinner and, and producer engineer Zach Waddell as Princeton gets set to take on Fairfield in a huge game for both teams. Fairfield 6-0, Princeton 4-2. Playoff ramifications on the line for both as well. And it should be a fine night. It's an overcast night. Temperature in the upper 60s near kickoff. A little slight breeze blowing the American flag off to our right. And we've had a little mist here, but of course this is a turf field unless we have a deluge. Uh, shouldn't be much of a problem in this game. Fairfield will kick off. Princeton will receive to start the football game. Fairfield is in all white uniforms with red numerals, red lettering. Princeton in the red tops with the gray uniform pants, gray numerals. Of course, the red helmet with the Viking insignia on the ball. We're set for kickoff about a half a minute early, and it's going to be fielded back on the three-yard line by Leroy Bowers. Starts up straight ahead across the 10, 15, cuts back towards the middle across the 25, breaks a tackle to the 30, and up to the 35-yard line, and up to about the 37 before he's finally gang-tackled there. And that's where the Princeton offense will start first and 10. Up front for Princeton, the left tackle, Paris Johnson, 6'8", 290, heading to Ohio State. His coach, Ryan Day, the Ohio State head coach here tonight to see both him and Darian Henry, who we'll see on defense and probably some at tight end. The left guard will be Brandon Williams in center. Javon Neal, the right guard, Quincy Hughes, and right tackle, not sure if it's Vincent Mundlin Jr. or Sincere McQueen, both took reps with the first team. We'll check on that here to see who starts at that right tackle spot, and it looks like it's going to be, well, they're going to go with an unbalanced line to the left to start the game. And it's just a direct snap, goes back to MJ Horton running left, and he's going to be tackled for a loss. Went absolutely nowhere, is shooting through untouched. LJ France hit him first, got some help as well from Brandon Smith to drop him for a loss back to about the 32-yard line. So they went with an unbalanced line to the left at Princeton. They ran that way, and nobody got blocked up. And let's check and see who's in there at that tackle spot. Well, these numbers are hard to see. It is actually going to be at the, the left tackle spot, Vincent, or the right tackle spot, rather, Vincent Munlin. He's been the starter for the most part this year, but McQueen was taking some reps with the first team in warm-ups. So second down and about 15 for Princeton on second play of the football game. They spread the field. One running back next to Horton in the shotgun. He's got two receivers each way. Takes the snap, drops to throw. Throws an out pass to the right side. It's going to be intercepted and dropped at the 35-yard line. Breaking on the ball and making a great break on it. That would have been six if he'd have held on with Zelo McIntosh. Pass hung. 
And very quickly, this Fairfield defense, which comes in averaging less than, giving up less than 200 yards per game, has flexed its muscle with a five-yard loss and a nearly intercepted pass. And this is where Princeton does not want to be tonight. Third and long, third and 15. They check Darian Henry in as a tight end to probably give him a little extra blocker. Took one of the receivers out. They're actually going to go with a power formation again, so nobody wide. They'll go with the unbalanced line to the left. Henry is kind of a wing that way. And that two receivers very tight to that side of the field. Snap goes back to Horton. He's going to run to the right side. The naked side trying to get to the corner at the 35, and he's going to be just escorted out of bounds at about the 39-yard line. Well short of the first down there to shove him out was Phil Thomas, who we'll see on offense tonight as well. They'll mark it at the 30. Let's see where they mark it. They haven't marked it yet. Look at the 39-yard line. That's where they'll mark it. It'll be fourth down, and Princeton will have to punt it. And Phil Thomas goes back in single safety for Fairfield. Jamar Matthews will punt it away. The long snapper tonight is Jamel Wimpy. He's done a pretty good job since he's been taken in that role of late. Snap is a good one back to Matthews, and the punt is a line drive that's going to bounce at the 30. Bounce again at the 25, inside the 25, is going to roll dead right at about the 20-yard line. So that's where Fairfield will take over first and 10, and of course this Fairfield offense revolves around the great running back, Juton McLean, already in six games this year. He has rushed for 1,092 yards, 8.8 yards a carry as a team. Fairfield averaging 300 yards per game on the ground, seven yards a carry. And their quarterback, Sawai Ellis, has actually been very efficient as well, 50 of 67 passing, that's almost 75%. For 674 yards, three touchdowns, and only two interceptions. And, of course, this Princeton defense has been very good against the run, giving up just four yards a carry and 146 yards a game. They've been excellent against the pass. So first down play for Fairfield. It's first play of the night. And it's a handoff to McLean straight ahead. He comes and doesn't get much up to about the 22-yard line as Todd Harding grabbed him around the legs and was able to punch him down and knock him down after a short game. They'll mark it at the 23, so give him three. Opening minute and a half of this game. We're glad you're with us. For a big Greater Miami Conference game here tonight. Operating on the hash mark to the left, going out wide left to Sean Simpkins. And in the slot that way comes Marquise Jones. Wing to the left, McLean to the right. Now they're going to shift him. They shift the tight end over to a wing right. And now they actually had two guys move. And I think Fairfield's going to have to take a timeout because of that. They had the tight end who was lined up on a wing left, Caleb Sexton. They tried to move him to a wing right. And at the same time, Marquise Jones was moving as well and to avoid getting a penalty and timeout taken by Fairfield. So 10-13 to go opening quarter. Fair, or Princeton's had it once. Had to punt it away, a three and out. And now Fairfield on its first possession face with a second and seven coming out of this timeout. Princeton's defense the last couple of weeks has been inconsistent to say the least. Had a great second half against Lakota East in which they gave up just the field goal as Princeton rallied from a 21-7 deficit. Last week, gave up 21 points in the first half, didn't give up anything in the second half, so the defense can get off to a better start tonight, for sure. They go with three receivers now to the right, the open side of the field, one to the left, and McLean is to the left of the quarterback, Ellis, in the shotgun. Looks at a four-man front. Ellis claps his hands, now looks up, claps him again, takes the snap, here's a handoff, McLean running off right guard, bounces outside of the 30, across the 35 to the 36, and maybe the 37-yard line before he is finally brought down and losing his helmet on the play was Juan Jarrett. He'll have to come out for a play, but Utah McLean rips off a 14-yard gainer, making 15 up to the 38, and it's a first down for Fairfield. First down for the 
Quavius Wheeler looked like threw a nice block up front that time along with Connor Snively. Trip set, same formation. Three receivers right, one left. McLean to the right of Ellis in the shotgun this time. Looks at a four-man front. Henry standing up. He's going to throw a quick pass to the left. Receiver just turns around. He catches it. He's going to be hit and dropped and decked back to the 45-yard line. Nice play coming up to tackle the receiver, Deshaun Simpkins. That was Elijah Eberhardt. Came up to stick him and drive him to the ground. He'll get a gain up to about the 45. Second down for the Indians. Snively the left guard, Wheeler the left tackle, Cody Hawkins is the center. We'll set the right side of the line here in a second. Second down play, second and about the game to the 45, so second and three from there. Ellis had McLean, now comes in motion, they fake it to him. Ellis is going to keep it, going right to the right side, and he doesn't get much. Leroy Bowers was blitzing off the edge, got some help from Jaheim Thomas, and he gets across the 45 to the 46 for a gain of one, and he'll set up a third and two for Fairfield. Right side of the line at the right tackle spots, Ethan Tyler. And the right guard is Braden Hall. Or excuse me, not Braden Hall, excuse me. Right, the right guard is Kendricks Goodman. Right tackle. So third and two Fairfield on its own 46 yard line. They come with a two running back set behind the quarterback. Almost looks like a wishbone with the quarterback heading the wishbone formation. Two running backs, one on either side behind him. Ellis takes the snap, got to hand it, no fake it, and runs it himself, and he's not going to get the first down. Christian Kilgus Dixon was able to drop him for a loss, and Jaheim Thomas, and I believe John Harris went after McLean, who they, if he'd had the ball, I don't think he'd have gotten the first down either, so well defended as Kilgus Dixon stayed on the quarterback. Ellis was able to drop him for a loss of a yard to the 45, and now Fairfield will have to punt the football away. Back in single safety. Looks like Leroy Bowers is back there, and he is. Princeton kind of playing this as a, just in case they try to fake it. It's a three-man blocking wedge in front of the punter. Stands at the 30 to await the punt. Back at the 25 as Bowers to await it. Good snap back, and the punt is off and away, and it's a booming kick. It's going to drive Bowers, who signals for a fair catch back at the 10 to take it, and he does. Well, that was a great punt that time, and booming it out of there was Elgin Phillips. So first down for Princeton at its own 10. It'll be the second possession for the Vikings after they went three and out the first time they had the football. 7.34 to go opening quarter, no score, but a good job by the Princeton defense on its first test on a third and two. We're able to drop the quarterback for a loss of a yard. Elgin Phillips on the year was only averaging 33.8 yards per punt, but he got off a 45-yarder that time with no return. So Princeton going left to right. And the shotgun, they're going to hand it off. Running ahead, Thomas Boyd comes across the 10 to about the 12 for a short gain of two. Thomas Boyd coming off a 100-yard performance last week on the nose against Middletown. Also scored three touchdowns. We'll see James Price as well. He was in for a couple of snaps earlier. Been hobbled by an injury of late. But for right now, it's Boyd who's in the backfield right now to the right of the quarterback, Horton, in the shotgun. He sends two receivers left, one to the right. Claps his hands, now sends a man in motion, that's Matthews coming right, gets the handoff, Matthews makes a cut across the 10 and can't slip through a tackle at about the 14 or so yard line. They're coming up and doing a good job to drag him down was Phoenix Porter, the linebacker. That was actually Foster who took it, not Matthews, so D'Angelo Foster took it on the jet sweep coming right, got four up to the 15, it'll be third and five for Princeton there. Second, third down, Princeton's face, they're 0 for 1 so far tonight. One receiver goes to the right, that's Harris. 
Foster and Burkhalter go to the left. Foster in the slot. The running back, Boyd, sets to the left of Horton in the shotgun. Looks at a four-man front, drops to throw. Throws a quick one. It's caught by Foster at the 20. Across the 20 up to the 25, and he's got the first down before he's finally tackled at the 26-yard line by Antoine Hill. But a quick pitch and catch and an easy one, really. There was nothing much to that. He just went out about six or seven yards, turned around. Ball was right there. It's a first down, Princeton at its own 26. See some umbrellas start to pop up down here in front of us. So apparently the rain coming down a little bit harder. Doesn't look like a steady deluge at the moment. It is at least drizzling a little bit. We reached the midway point of quarter one. Here goes Matthews in motion. They, they give it instead to Boyd coming straight ahead, and he's submarine and dropped after a very short gain. Is shooting through LJ France. Able to just chop Boyd down as he came through the hole for a gain of a yard up to the 27-yard line, making two. Second and eight for Princeton on its second position of the game. Of course, Princeton, a team that wants to run the football as well, averaging 202.5 yards per game on the ground in the season, 122 through the air. They've hit some big plays through the air, but they haven't been very consistent in the passing game. Here's Horton dropping to throw on second down. He's going to air it long down the left sideline. It's overthrown. Double coverage on Burkhalter over there. As he had a corner... And then a safety bracket and Phil Thomas in the corner. And then Antoine Hill, the safety, came in over to help. But there's a flag. We get a hold. No, you get pass interference. Wow. Must have been, because when I looked up to see where the ball was, Thomas was just running stride for stride. He must have bumped him earlier. He and his coach, Jason Krause, talking to the official on the side over there. I don't think they like the call a whole lot, but it's a good break for Princeton. So it'll be a first down for Princeton. They'll mark it at the 42-yard line on the 15-yard markoff. So Princeton's gotten it off the goal line at the very least. Started this drive at the 10. 5.22 to go opening quarter. Princeton has it for the second time in the game. Two receivers split left. That's now the closed side of the field. As they operate on the hash mark left. One receiver right. Boyd to the left of Horton in the gun. They send a man in motion. Fake it to him. Coming straight ahead, keeping it as Horton. And he drags a tackler across the 45 to about the 47-yard line. There's a flag on the play, and that's going to be in the area of offensive holding against Princeton. That's exactly what it is. Official tonight, John Sagers, the head referee, signals the holding penalty. And instead of a five-yard gainer, it's going to be a 10-yard penalty. And that's the thing that's hurt Princeton at times this year. It's something we cannot afford against an undefeated team tonight. Mark the penalty back to the 32. Instead of second and five, it's going to be first and 20. Two receivers left, Burkhalter and Foster. One receiver right, that's Harris. Boyd to the left of Horton in the gun. Matthew Jordan, or Foster goes in motion. Horton drops to throw it. He's going to sling it deep up the right sideline, trying to run a wheel route, nobody home. Horton was trying to throw it on a wheel route to the man who went in motion. That was D'Angelo Foster, but he was covered stride for stride by D'Lo McIntosh. Fans screaming for pass interference, but it wasn't even in the vicinity, A. And B, I don't think it was. James Price is going to come into the ball game in the backfield. He was the primary ball carrier early in the year. Got hurt, I believe, the Sycamore game, maybe the Colerain game. Still the second leading rusher on this team with 231 yards behind quarterback MJ Horton's 578 that leads the team. Spread formation, two receivers each way. Price to the right of Horton in the gun on second and 20 from the 32. He takes the snap, drops to throw. Now he's going to have to scramble, trying to get through there, and he's going to be dropped back at the 31. The football came loose. It's going to be scooped up and run back for a touchdown. Horton fumbled it going down. Scooping it up was Phoenix Porter, and he goes 30 yards for a Fairfield touchdown. 
So two huge mistakes on this drive. The holding penalty that wiped out a five-yard gain on first down. And then Horton fumbling it away and scooping it up. Porter goes 30 yards for a TD. And Fairfield with a defensive touchdown has taken a 6-0 lead with 4.46 to go here in the opening quarter. We go with the swinging gate formation to kick the extra point. Ellis and McLean standing where the holder and place kicker would normally be. They've done this at times. And now they're going to bring everybody in, including the kicker. It's Nick Maddy who will now try the extra point with Ellis holding. And McLean goes up to play one of those wing positions up to the right. Almost a straight on kicker, slight soccer style, but not very, not very much of one. And the snap is good, the hold is good, the kick by Maddie's up and good. So Princeton coughs it up, and on the turnover, Fairfield gets the scoop and score. 4.46 to go in the opening quarter. The score is Fairfield 7, Princeton nothing. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. At Robert Half, we know finding the right employees is a job in itself, and it's a job we love. You see, Robert Half isn't just a staffing firm. We're people, people who believe in finding the right people to fit your company's needs. Because employees who are a good fit are more productive, more engaged. Finding a great candidate isn't easy, but at Robert Half, we know it's possible. Robert Half, the experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Learn more at roberthalf.com radio. Back here at Pat Mancuso Field, Jake Sweeney Automotive Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium. I'm Richard Skinner with Zach Waddell, our producer engineer. It'll be Elgin Phillips who does the punting duties and the kickoff duties to kick it away for the second time tonight. Leroy Bowers to the near side. D'Angelo Foster to the far side await it. Phillips moves on the football and gets away a squib kick that's going to go all the way back through, and Bowers will pick it up on a bunch of hops back at the 12, runs straight ahead across the 20, sidesteps one man at the 25, across the 30 to the 31-yard line. That's where Princeton will start this drive to try to answer as this Fairfield team is tough enough to beat without turning the football over. Not only did they turn it over, Fairfield got the scoop and score out of it. So Princeton gets it back on its own, marking it to 32. As soon as back at what Price is going to stay in at running back. And I'm on the hash mark to the right. Since two receivers left, that's Matthews. Or make it Foster, excuse me, Foster and Burkhalter. And two receivers to the right, Matthews and Harris. Now Matthews goes in motion going left. They hand it instead to Price coming straight ahead. And he is wrapped up by the man who just scooped and scored at Porter. He doesn't get a whole lot. James Porter just wrapped him up as he came through the hole. Got some help from Jabari Ashford. Two up to the 34-yard line, but not much more than that. It's a 3-4 defensive alignment. Very active linebackers. Actually, that was not Ashford. It was uh, that was the there on the help on the tackle was Brandon Weinberg, the linebacker. Here's a pass attempt that's tipped and still caught up at the 40-yard line, I believe, laying on his back. Or did he say yes or no? It was tipped and. Yeah, it's going to be a catch for Matthews, or Foster, rather. Ball was tipped at the line of scrimmage by Brandon Smith, the defensive lineman. And laying on his back, D'Angelo Foster was able to catch the football. So a gain to the 40 will make it third and manageable. Third and about a yard and a half. Off the hash mark to the left now. Two receivers go right. They put two backs in the backfield. 
Foster to the left of Horton. Price to the right of Horton. Horton takes the snap, hands it to Price. Running left, not going to get it. He's going to be tackled for a loss. Good penetration up front that time by Omar Stiwi, the linebacker. He'll lose a yard. Lance also helped out, but Princeton does not get it. Again, that offensive line for Princeton has struggled against some of the better defenses, creating some movement off the ball. Jamar Matthews, Tamar Matthews in there to punt it. Back deep to receive it will be Phil Thomas. Thomas stands at the 30. Matthews stands at the 25 to await the snap. So two three and outs and a fumble on the three possessions. It's a knuckleball punt that's going to head to the out of bounds to the far side, bounces out right at the 36 yard line. Now they're gonna mark it at the 34. And that's where Fairfield will have it for the second time tonight. But they lead it seven to nothing on a defensive touchdown with 2.37 to go here in this opening quarter. They're already fearful of Juton McLean's ability to break a long run or two. It's going to be a hard time scoring against this Fairfield defense, so the last thing Princeton could do was afford was that turnover that they scooped and scored on. But the Princeton defense, first time, forced to punt, see if it can maybe cough one up, make them cough one up here too. You get three receivers left, one to the right. McLean is to the right of Ellis in the shotgun. So no tight end in the game at the moment. Looking at a four-man front off the hash mark to the right. Ellis claps his hands, still waits and claps him again. Hands it to McLean, running left. He comes to the 40, lowers his shoulder, drives the pile to the 44-yard line. Utah McLean, he's got that great speed, but also showed the power that time. He was hit at the 40-yard line by a couple of Viking players and drove them up to the 44-yard line. Got four more yards out of it. John Harris the first to hit him. It'll be a gain of eight. Nothing fancy, just a handoff to McLean coming left. He cut it up at about the guard spot. Made a nice gainer out of it. Three receivers go to the right this time. The ball in the middle of the field, one to the left. McLean almost directly behind Ellis, the quarterback. He's in the shotgun. Takes the snap. Hands it off. No, he fakes. He's going to keep it himself. Has some running room across the 45-50. Angles to the near side across the 45. Down to the 41 and runs out of bounds there. And so why Ellis and kept it. Number two, Ellis. And there to finally run him out of bounds, Juan Jarrett. Not before a gain of 15 yards and a Fairfield first down at the Princeton 41. Put four receivers out to the right this time. Although one of them looking to see which way he's supposed to go. That's Deshaun Simpkins. He's going to now go to the left. That's the closed side of the field on the hash mark to the left. McLean to the left of the quarterback, Ellis, who's in the gun, takes the snap, hands to McLean, running right, trying to bounce it outside, and he cannot get away from Leroy Bowers, who did a terrific job to wrap him up and then got some help. Darian Henry came late. Christian Kilgus Dixon came late, but Leroy Bowers came up to make that stop. He'll lose a yard or two. They mark it at the 43, so he'll lose a couple. Second and 12 Fairfield at the Princeton 43. Still 20 on the play clock. They're not out of the huddle yet as they look to the sideline. They will send two receivers to the right and just one to the left. They have a tight end in the game this time. McLean to the, or McLean to the left of Ellis in the gun. Now a man comes in motion going left. They fake the handoff to him, dropping to throw is Ellis. He's in some pressure, and he's going to be sacked back at the 46-yard line. Darian Henry. That's number two. 
Also going to Ohio State, Ryan Day. You gotta like watching him track him down Ellis from the backside that time for a loss of three to the 46. So it'll be third and 15 for Fairfield after getting to the Princeton 41 there at the 46, gone backwards. That was good pressure that time. They faked the jet sweep to Thomas going left. Princeton wasn't biting on it at all. This Princeton defense is really hard to throw against. Giving up just 40% completions and just 83 yards a game through the air. Third and 15, three receivers right, one to the left, McLean to the left of Ellis in the gun, looks at a four-man front, takes the snap, fades the throw, Blitz is coming, he's in some pressure, and he's gonna be set for the backside from behind. And that was the Blitzer who came that time, Jaden Scarborough from the backside, or maybe Elijah Eberhardt. So they showed a four-man front, but blitzed a couple, and Eberhardt came off the corner on a blitz. Ellis never saw him. He drops him back at the 47 for back-to-back -back sacks. And on that play, time runs out in the first quarter. So the Princeton defense doing its job through one quarter of play. The offense, unfortunately, coughing one up, and Fairfield got a scoop and a score touchdown. And after one quarter of play, from Pat Mancuso Field and Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium, it's Fairfield 7, Princeton nothing. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Abco Pavement Services, LLC, has been doing commercial asphalt, concrete, and ceiling work since 1962 in the tri-state area. Our valued customers include Home Depot, United Dairy Farmers, C.B. Richard Ellis, Town Properties, and Fifth Third Bank, to name a few. We strive to provide professional service, communication, and project management for all of your commercial concrete and pavement maintenance needs. Go Abco Pavement Services. Back here at Pat Mancuso Field, Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium. I'm Richard Skinner with our producer engineer, Zach Waddell. To start the second quarter, Fairfield will have to punt it away. Elgin Phillips got off a 46-yard punt with no return his first time. And Prince is going to send two guys back this time. To the near side is D'Angelo Foster. To the far side, Leroy Bowers. Princeton going to go right to left as you look at your listening device here in quarter number two. Good snap back. And the punt is off the side of his foot. He almost missed it. And it is going to bounce backwards. And it's going to roll out of bounds at the 43-yard line. It is in Princeton territory. But that punt goes just 10 yards. He must have, something must have happened with the drop because he barely got a foot on it. Jason Krause not happy with him at all. Not sure what happened on that one. But he barely caught it, almost missed it. Actually marked it at the 42, so give him credit for a, an 11-yard punt. But nonetheless, way better field for position for Princeton than it would have ever dreamed of here. He started their own 42 instead of back at their goal line. Two receivers each way. Jordan Horton in the shotgun. Sends a man in motion. Now drops to throw. He's going to sling it long down the right sideline. Does he have a man out there? No, too far. As he just tried to throw one deep for Harris. He was well covered. It's by Jade Mays, who we also see on offense. Princeton's tried to hit on a couple of deep balls. They've missed on two, got a pass interference penalty on another. Just like that, already second and ten. Harris was out of the huddle. Now he comes against the play from Foster, who will go out there with him. Foster will be the slot man. They said Burkhalter and Matthews to the left. Matthews the slot man, out of the shotgun. Hort takes the snap, fades the throw, pump fakes, nothing there, now rolls right, throws a pass, almost intercepted. Threw it right to a Fairfield defender, that was Mays, 
who knocked it down and probably should have intercepted it. Stats from our guy Dan Wright through one quarter. Shows a defensive struggle that it is. Princeton with 25 yards on 12 plays. Fairfield with 41 yards on 10 plays, but Phoenix Porter officially credited with a 31-yard fumble recovery for the lone touchdown for Fairfield. So quickly, third and 10 for Princeton. Boy, Horton, that was just a bad decision. He looked left, then threw back to the right and should have been picked off. Out of the gun, has Price to his left, two receivers each way. Looking at a four-man front. Look like they're gonna blitz a couple. They do blitz him. He's gonna throw a quick pass to the hook and lateral and he dropped the ball. They were gonna lateral it back to Price coming out of the backfield. He threw it to Burkhalter. I don't think he would have got the first down. There were two defenders right there that read it. But Burkhalter dropped it incomplete. So the Princeton passing game, which has been spotty all season long, pretty spotty so far tonight. Came in completing Horton just 43.3% of his passes. It'll be Matthews to punt, stands at his own 28. It'll be Thomas to receive, he stands back at his own 30. It's a high snap, but no one around him, and Matthews gets off a high knuckleball punt that fair, is a fair catch to signal for and taken at the 33-yard line, and that's where Fairfield will have it with 11.25 to go here in the first half, and Fairfield up 7-0. By the looks of things so far in this game, this Princeton offense going to have a hard time generating much. Going to have to hit a big player too. too. Good part for Princeton so far. Juton McLean has not gotten on track. He ripped off a 14-yard run on the opening drive. That's his longest run of the night. After one quarter of play, McLean just 23 yards on five carries. He came into tonight averaging about 180 yards a game rushing. So first down, two running backs, one on either side of Ellis. They got the tight end Sexton on a wing left. They're going to hand it off to Thomas. He runs, cuts it up the middle, and he's going to be wrapped up by Darian Henry and thrown backwards after a gain of about a yard. And that was all. So they had Thomas in the backfield to the right of Ellis and McLean to the left and handed it off to Thomas. Thomas will run the football. It's nothing new on the season. Thomas came in with 103 yards rushing on 14 carries. And so they will run him from a running back spot. So second and nine for Fairfield from its own 34-yard line. Two receivers go right, or to the left rather, one to the right, that's the tight end. Henry is split out that way. And now McLean to the right of Ellis in the shotgun. Looks at a five-man front here. Takes the snap, drops the throw. Swings it out to the outside. It's caught by Thomas the 40. Gets a block, 45-50. 45-40, far side foot race. 30, 25, 20, 15, and down at the 10-yard line. Jaden Scarborough finally caught him. But the defender, the linebacker, I think it was Harris. Look, at he tried to go for the interception and missed. And when he did... Thomas got sprung with a nice block and then turned on the Jets and finally Scarborough got him from behind. It'll be first and goal for Fairfield at the Princeton 10 yard line, already leading at seven nothing. This would be a tough one right here if you get down two scores to this team. Three receivers right, or make it two, come, no one right, one each way, two running backs in the backfield. One on either side of Ellis takes the snap. Hands it to McLean, trying to run right. He's in trouble, and he's tackled for a loss back at the 16-yard line. Leroy Bowers blitzing again, gets his second tackle for loss in the game. It's a big one. They'll give him the 15, so it's a loss of five. That's a big loss on first and goal. Great job by Bowers. Came completely unblocked, and then was able to make the tackle on Juton McLean back at the 15. Second and goal. They send... Deshaun Simpkins to the far side. 
Three receivers come near side. Marquise Jones, Jade Mays, and Sexton. McLean stays in the backfield to the right of Ellis, looks at a four-man Princeton front. Second and goal from the 15. Ellis takes the snap, drops to throw, wants to set the screen up. Does so to the far side to McLean. McLean makes a catch, cuts inside, and can he get away? He cannot. And another good job that time. Let's see who made that stop. It was a Harris is over there. Maybe up from the secondary as well. Yeah, John Harris is the first to get him, and then Juan Jarrett came up to help out. So gain of a yard will make it third and goal from the 14. Inside nine minutes to go, first half. Fairfield up seven to nothing. Big play here. On the hash mark to the left, they send three receivers to the open side of the field, one to the closed. And McLean to the left of Ellis, who's in the gun, looks at a four-man front, takes the snap, going to hand to McLean, running straight ahead, gets it down to about the 10 or so yard line for Darian Henry. And John Harris combined to make the tackle. A pretty conservative call for Jason Krause. I guess he just wants to, and I don't blame him, get at least three points out of it. And on to attempt the field goal attempt. It'll be Nick Maddie, who on the season is 0 for 1 in the field goal department. And 3 or 4 of an extra points. He made an extra point before. This is a 27-yarder off the hash mark to the left out of the hold of Ellis, the quarterback. Waiting the snap. It's back. Good one. The hold is down. The kick on the way for Maddie is good. So... The Princeton defense holds him to three, but against this Fairfield defense, a two-score disadvantage, no matter how those two scores came about, can be very, very big. There's a timeout on the field with 7.58 to go in the first half. It's Fairfield 10, Princeton nothing. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Enjoying tonight's broadcast but missed the first 30 minutes? No need to worry. Appointment listening for all ESP Media broadcasts can be found at soundcloud.com backslash ESP Media or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Search for ESP Media. Appointment listening by ESP Media since 2010. Back here to Pat Mancuso Field at Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium. The rain, whatever rain we had, it was more mist has subsided as the umbrellas have been put away. And so far, Princeton's offense has been put away by this Fairfield defense. Fairfield just with the field goal, and now Elgin Phillips to kick it back off. He squibs it along the ground. He's going to take a big bounce back to Foster at the 15. Trying to head to the near side at the 20. Splits a tackler there, or two tacklers there, and is spun forward to the 27 or so yard line. There to spin him down to the ground. That's Porter, I believe. So Princeton will have it at its own 28. 7.50 to go here in the half. Vikings down 10 nothing and doing very little so far offensively. Their best play was a third down conversion pass to D'Angelo Foster. Got about 12 yards. Princeton's gonna come out and it looks like an unbalanced line to the right. Or no, they're just gonna put a tight end over that side. Matthews is in there as a tight end. They have two receivers left, one to the right. And the running back, Boyd, to the left of the quarterback, Courtney takes the snap, gonna try to run it, does so, comes across the 30, cuts to the near side, 35, and up to the 38-yard line. That should be enough for a first down as MJ Horton picks up 11 yards, or maybe 10 yards. That's gonna be a Princeton first down. 
So a nice run as they fake the jet sweep, and then he just ran behind Thomas Boyd. Gets the first down. They'll mark it to 39, actually, so give him 11. Brinson get the running game going a little bit. It's a tough defense to run on. Two receivers left, one to the right. Boyd back in there as a running back. He's to the right of Horton in the gun. Horton sends Matthews in motion going left. They hand it to Boyd coming straight ahead. He hits helmets head to head with Porter. Knocked him down and then crosses the 40 to the 42 yard line. Both of them went low. He just ran through Porter. Give him a gain of about three yards to the 42 yard line. Good hard run by the big fellow, 230 pound Thomas Boyd. Coming off that 100 yard game last week against Middletown and three touchdowns. Harris comes out, goes wide right. Matthews and Burkhalter left. That's the short side of the field as they operate on a hash mark to the left. They send Matthews in motion going left. Handed to him on a jet sweep going right. Trying to get to the corner. Does so 40, 45, and takes a tackler with him to the 47. He'll be just short of the first down. That run was by number 10, Jamar Matthews. Going to make the stop was Brandon Weinberg. Tackle made by number 58, Weinberg. So at the 47, about a yard and a half short. They got to get just across the 48 for the first down and the ball just across the 47. So make it about a full yard. Third and one. See if this offensive line can get some push here on this third down play. Boyd to the left of the quarterback in the shotgun. In motion, they hand it to Boyd though, coming straight ahead. He breaks one tackle, trying to get to the outside. He's in some trouble, not gonna make it. He's gonna be dropped for a loss of two back to the 45. He, he, he was hit as soon as he got the handoff. It was Malachi Sanders who got great penetration. He didn't make the tackle, but he Stopped Boyd in his tracks, forced Boyd to try to run wide. And when Boyd did, he's just not fast enough to get to the corner, and Prince is going to have to punt it away. Man, oh, man, couldn't even make a yard on third down. In fact, lost a couple. So we go under six minutes to go here in the first half. Princeton down 10 nothing, and about to punt it back away to Fairfield with Phil Thomas standing in, punt, or standing in single safety back at the 25, and Jamar Matthews to punt it away. Matthews waiting for the snap at around the 32-yard line. It's a high snap. Matthews goes up and gets it. Not much of a rush. Gets the punt away. It's a line drive that Thomas takes on a fair catch at the 26-yard line. And the Princeton defense, the pressure falls back to that unit. Down 10 to nothing. Exactly six minutes to go here in the half. The Princeton offense not generating much. It's been some first-half misery for Princeton of late. Of course, down 21-7 at halftime to Lakota East. Did come back to win that one. And Middletown was tied with Princeton 21 all at the half last week where Princeton scored 22 unanswered points. So again, maybe just get out of this second half without any further damage or out of this first half and prove it to be a second half team of late. One receiver out wide left, one ring back left. Here's a handoff to McLean running straight ahead, runs right into a bunch of red-shirted Princeton defenders. Got it to about the 30 for a short gain of a couple. And somebody lost their helmet. Actually, it was the helmet shield. I believe that was a helmet. It was McLean, the running back. He's going to have to come out for a play. And actually, we've got... No, I thought we had a new quarterback in the game, but we don't. Ellis is still in there. He's just on the far side looking for the play call. He's almost lined up as a receiver at the moment, waiting for the play call. I don't think they realized McLean had to come out for a play, which he did. And so they had to send a running back in. Play clock's down to 18. Jason Crouch may need to take a timeout here. Now they reset the play clock. Not sure why. They reset it to 23 seconds. Maybe because of McLean losing his helmet. Two receivers. No, three receivers left. One to the right. 
Got Mays in there as a running back. We've seen him line up as a wide receiver. Here's the snap. Ellis takes it, fakes it to him, trying to run straight ahead. Comes across the 30 to maybe the 32, and that's all. Todd Harding is having a nice night. And Joshua Younger both there to make the stop. Two beef brothers in the middle there. Harding who goes at 300 pounds and Younger who goes at 359 pounds. Clogging up the middle of that defense. So it'll be third and about five for Fairfield from its own 32 yard line. McLean back in the game or no? He is not. Gonna go with two receivers each way. May no, make it empty backfield. Three receivers right, two to the left. Ellis by himself in the shotgun, looks at a four-man front. Takes the snap, drops the throw. Now he's gonna keep it on a quarterback draw. Can't get to the first down marker. No, he's gonna be stopped well short to the 34-yard line. Again, the Princeton defense doing a great job. They ran an empty backfield and a quarterback draw, and the Princeton defense shut it down. They're gonna force a punt. As Elgin Phillips comes back in, his last punt went off completely off the side of his foot. He almost missed it. It went for just 11 yards. Matthew, Foster and Bowers back in twin safety at the 35. Phillips to wait the snap at his own 20. It's officially fourth and two. They got that three-man wedge in front of the punter. Snap back is a good one. And the punt better by Phillips sits to the far side. It's going to be returnable, though. Caught. Nice job by Matthews. Or Foster across the 40, 45-50, and to the 47-yard line. He caught that off his shoe tops, and I think he faked out the Fairfield punt coverage team because they ran right by him as he caught it. And when he did, he had some rope and grass in front of him. It was a good return. Actually, they called Bowers. I thought it was Foster, but... These gray numbers on this red uniform are almost impossible to pick up. Not my favorite uniform set by far. But Princeton with good field position. So from the Fairfield 47, 3.34 to go in the half. Princeton down 10 nothing, but a great opportunity here with great field position. Two receivers each way. Price in there at the running back spot. Now they send Matthews in motion. Fake it to him on the jet sweep. Dropping and throw. Throwing it down the middle of the field. Got a man out there. Caught at the 15. To the 10. To the 5. It's a touchdown for Princeton. D'Angelo Foster running right down the seam. And MJ Horton dropped that one in there perfectly for a touchdown. Boy, what a throw. MJ Horton, who's had his issues with accuracy this year, couldn't have thrown a better ball. They fake the jet sweep to Jamar Matthews, and then it was Foster off the right slot, running right down the right seam. And dropping in there perfectly was Horton for the TD. Princeton hops right back into this one here late in the first half. It'll be Michael Everson to try the point after. Out of the hold of Dorian Durham, the backup quarterback. Snap is high, kick is, or the placement's down, the kick is up, and it is no good. He hooked it wide left, and that was all because of the snap. The snap was high, and it threw off the timing of everything, and the point after is no good. But Princeton's on the board on a 47-yard MJ Horton to D'Angelo Foster touchdown pass. There's 3.24 to go in the first half. It's Fairfield 10, Princeton 6. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Budget Door of Cincinnati has you covered. We specialize in repair and installation of commercial doors, security gates, and dock levelers. 
With affordable rates, 24-hour commercial service, and free replacement quotes, Budget Door can help you with any of your dock or door projects. Have an issue with your home garage door or opener? Budget Door can help with that, too. Servicing the tri-state area for over 30 years, Budget Door offers quality service at a budget price. Call 513-851-6644 to schedule your door repair or replacement today. Back here at Pat Mancuso Field, Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium, Richard Skinner, producer engineer Zach Waddell. Princeton on the board now, down just 10 to six, and they'll kick it back away to Fairfield with 3.34 to go in the half. It'll be Hayden Cobbs to kick it away. Back deep in single safety. Trying to pick up a number, I don't even can't see it. who that is back there to receive the kickoff. Might be McLean. Kick is away, and is going to be fielded back at the three-yard line. Running straight ahead across the 10 to the 15, 20. It is McLean across the 25. Drags a tackler with him across the 30, 35, and all the way up to the 40-yard line, Juton McLean. Just terrific. So Fairfield with good field position. Indians have two timeouts left, and they'll start at their own 40-yard line. This Princeton defense doing a job. The only touchdown tonight. For Fairfield came on the fumble recovery return by Phoenix Porter for a touchdown. Fairfield will come out in that spread look with three receivers coming wide right, one to the left, no tight end. McLean lined up almost right behind the quarterback Ellis. As the mist starts to come again, as the umbrellas start to pop out here at Princeton. Here's a handoff to McLean on first down. He runs into a stone wall right at the line of scrimmage. There to hog time and throw him to the ground was Joshua Younger, the big fella. No gain on the play. Make it second and 10. McLean having a hard time getting on track tonight. Came in with 1,089 yards on the year. With all Hall of Fame members for your recognition, please make your way down to the field. Princeton can get a stop and maybe have enough time. They've got all three of their timeouts left. Rain not falling heavy, but again, enough to pop some umbrellas out. Two receivers left, one right. They put a tight end in the game this time, and McLean to the left of Ellis is in the shotgun on second and 10. Takes the snap, hand it off to him. No, fake the pass, fake it to him. Ellis is in some trouble. Down he goes, and the ball comes loose, and it's recovered by Fairfield at the 39-yard line. Younger, Jaheim Thomas, and Harding all back there to knock the football loose, but there to recover it was Deshaun Simpkins. Loss of a yard on the play, and boy, Princeton's defense has really played well tonight. Inside two minutes to go in the half. I guess if Mike Daniels can get a stop, his defense can get a stop here, he will take a timeout. But not yet. Third and 11. One receiver each way. They have a tight end and actually two tight ends to try to help block the Princeton pass rush. Ellis out of the shotgun, takes the snap, rolls to his left, on the move, sets his feet, throws it down the middle, and it's intercepted! Jumping in front of the intended receiver, it's Scarborough, far side 20, down to the 15, 10, 5, touchdown Princeton! Jaden Scarborough stepped in front of the intended receiver, a pass that hung, and he goes about 55 yards for a Princeton touchdown! was intended for the tight end Sexton who's lined up as a wide receiver. Ellis was rolling to his left, he's a right-handed passer and he didn't get much on the throw. 
So Scarborough answers the Fairfield defensive touchdown with a Princeton defensive touchdown. And now the Vikings are going to take a timeout here. Yeah, Princeton will take a timeout for the extra point try. 125 to go in the half. And boy, things have turned quickly. Fairfield dominated the first quarter and a half of this game. But then the nice punt return got Princeton great field position. On the next play, the first play from scrimmage, the 47-yard Horton to Foster touchdown pass. And on the ensuing series on third and 11, Jaden Scarborough intercepts and goes about 55 yards for the touchdown. The University of Cincinnati is a proud sponsor of this game. It's now 12-10, Princeton with the lead over undefeated Fairfield. Indians ranked number four in the state this week in the Ohio AP Division I poll. Rated at number one in the region in the Harvard ratings. Tied for first in the GMC with Colerain at 4-0. Princeton now on top with 12 to 10 with the extra point pending. The last one was missed by Everson. So Cobbs is going to try this one, but really it was the snap that threw everything off on the extra point try. This snap better. The hold is down, and Cobbs' kick is on the way, and it looks like it splits the uprights, and it does. There's 125 to go in the first half. Princeton has come back from 10-0 down. They now lead Fairfield 13 to 10. You're listening to Princeton Vikings football on ESP Media, and it's powered by Sidearm Sports. Creating beautiful smiles every day, that is what we do at Casanelli Shanker and Baker Orthodontics. These board-certified orthodontists treat both children and adults and use traditional braces, clear ceramic brackets, and Invisalign to meet their individual patient needs. With offices conveniently located in Westchester and Blue Ash, they provide flexible payment options, convenient hours, and high-quality care. For a free new patient exam, contact Casanelli Shanker and Baker Orthodontics at 513-777-7060. Here at Pat Mancuso Field in Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium. Princeton now leading Fairfield 13-10 after the Jaden Scarborough interception return for a touchdown. And Hayden Cobbs, who just added the extra point, will do the kicking. Back deep, standing at the five-yard line. Juton McLean to await it. He has not gotten untracked running the football tonight. The Princeton defense has been outstanding. The lone touchdown, if you're just joining us, for Fairfield came on a 31-yard fumble return. Here's Cobbs moving on the football. He's going to pop a kick to the far side. A fair catch signal is going to be taken to the 34-yard line as they want McLean to have no chance to touch that football, so they just popped it up where Deshaun Simpkins called a fair catch and took it at the 34-yard line. Now we'll see what Jason Krause opts to do here with a minute 24 to go in the half. Pretty good field position. It's on 35 for Fairfield. Two timeouts left, but you're just coming off your quarterback throwing a pick six. The Princeton pass rush has sacked him three times in the game. Off the hash mark to the left. They send one receiver that way. That's Simpkins. Nobody wide right, so they'll go with a tight end, a wing back to the right, and a running back on either side of Ellis. Now he sets one of the running backs, Thomas, into the slot left. From the shotgun, taking the snap, turning, faking it, throwing a little quick pass to the far side, caught by Simpkins at the 35, gets a block across the 40, and up to the 43-yard line. He was kept in bounds. But a nice pickup of eight, a little safe pitch and catch there to Simpkins, who was the slot man. Elijah Eberhardt, the corner, made the stop. Clock continuing to run. By the time this is snapped, we'll be inside of a minute to go in the half. Again, two receivers left. They'll send now, they'll put Sexton out wide right, the open side of the field. 
McLean to the right of Ellis in the shotgun. Taking his time to get this play off. They sent a man in motion, Thomas coming right. Hand it to McLean, straight ahead he goes. He's got a big hole, across the 50, 45, 40, 30, 25, 20. Foot race, not gonna get him. Touchdown, Utah McLean. They had bottled him up all night until he pops that one for 57 yards and a touchdown with 40 seconds to go in the first half. He has game-breaking ability and big play ability, and he showed it right there. So 16-13, Fairfield back on top with 40 seconds to go in the half on the TD run by McLean. They go with the swinging gate look. McLean and Ellis stand where the kicker and holder are. Ellis is the holder. And now they'll bring the kicker, Maddie, in with his tee. McLean then goes up to play one of the wing positions on the right. So the home run hitter, Juton McLean. 57 yards for the TD. So here's the extra point try. Snap is a good one, the hold a good one, the extra point try on the way, and it is good. So 40 seconds to go in the half after Princeton got the pick six. It took Fairfield two plays to answer. It's now Fairfield 17, Princeton 13. This is Princeton Vikings football and ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports. For over 32 years, Nelson & Associates, a family-owned, Ohio-based, full-service real estate company, has specialized in the management and development of affordable housing communities. Choose Nelson & Associates for all of your real estate needs, whether it's sales, development, property management, or consulting. We are an experienced professional team providing quality service. For more information about Nelson & Associates, please visit us on the web at www.nelsonasc.com or call us at 513-961-6011. So 40 seconds to go in the first half. The air let out of this stadium a little bit here at Pat Mancuso Field, Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium is Princeton had gotten a bunch of momentum on its side and the lead on the interception return for a touchdown with a minute 25 to go, but it took 45 seconds for Fairfield to answer. Elgin Phillips will kick it back away. He sends a squib kick, and I think we're gonna get off sides against Fairfield, we will. Took a stutter step at the very end, and because of that, the timing was off, and a couple of guys crossed the line before Phillips was able to kick it off. He'll kick it off from five yards further back. See if Burkhalter, who's the up guy in front of Bowers, because they've squibbed it. He's let it go bounce over his head a couple of times, back to Bowers. See if he decides to scoop this one up himself and try to get some yardage out of it. He stands at the 33 on the far side. Bowers back at the 15 on the near side. Back along with Bowers is Foster. And in front of him at the 33-yard line stands Caleb Crawford. So here we go. Phillips going to move on the football again. And he does scooch, scooch it away. Burkhalter is going to field it at the 30-yard line. Tries to come near side. Bounces off his own man. Tries to get to the corner. Does so. Across the 35-40. Trying to get to the sideline. I don't know why. And he goes out of bounds at the 44-yard line. If he'd have cut that back inside, he might still be running. He tried to bounce it outside, and I'm not sure why. It was a great decision by him to scoop it up. It does give Princeton good field position at the 44-yard line, but he could have gotten a lot more if he cut that back to the inside. Vikings will take over the first half. 30, 
one seconds. Princeton does have all three timeouts. They'll start at their own 43-yard line. Horton has two receivers each way. On the hash mark to the left is where Princeton operates. Horton takes the shotgun snap, drops to throw, blitzes on. They pick it up. He throws it. Short hops his intended receiver on the near side. No, they said catch. He said he caught it at the 50-yard line. Burke called. Princeton needs to use a timeout. They got three timeouts, and the clock's running. I don't know why they're not taking a timeout here. 15 seconds. What in the world? From the 50-yard line. They're only going to get one more playoff in the half. Here's... Horton back to throw, in some trouble, going to be sacked. Back at the 48-yard line, and now Mike Daniels going to use the time. What in the world are they not taking a timeout for? After that last play, they, they had to hurry it up, and now we're going to get one more play in the half. That was not very good clock management. Man, you're at the 50. Look, if you're back at your own 10, I'll give it to you. But, man, you're in go range at the 50-yard line, and you came out throwing on first down. Why in the world would you not use one of your timeouts after that last catch? As it is, you take two timeouts with you to the half. That's great. Two-yard loss on the sack will be third and five, but really that's anticlimactic now, barring a penalty. You're just going to have one chance to throw it to the end zone. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for doing your part of keeping the facilities in excellent condition. Please use your appropriate bins for garbage and recycling located throughout the stadium. We thank you for helping us keep the stadium clean. If you need a car, be sure to visit Jake Sweeney in Tri-County. A proud Two receivers will go each way. Price has stayed in the backfield. Done a pretty good job picking up the blitz the last couple of plays. Looking at a three-man front, but linebacker cheating up. Horton, last play of the half coming up. Drops to throw it. Now he's going to scramble off to his right. He's going to get away from one man, but can't get away from another. A late penalty flag comes in, and you might get a penalty on Fairfield here. Look at Paris Johnson had his helmet ripped off by... Fairfield's Malachi Sanders, and if that's the case, that's going to be a 15-yard penalty. And now another flag comes in. Well, I don't know what this is. I, Johnson and his helmet are ripped clean off. Or actually, was it Mundlin? No, it's Johnson. He's going to go out for a play. Sincere McQueen going to come in. The time has run out in the first half, but if this is a defensive penalty, they signal this on Princeton. The penalty is against the Vikings. It's going to be a penalty on Princeton for a personal foul. Not sure how Paris Johnson got his helmet ripped off and then he gets called for it, but that's what he got. And that's going to do it for the first half as Princeton has time ran out. The play can't end on a defensive penalty, but it can't end on an offensive penalty, and that's what's happened. So Princeton down 10-0 at one point and come back to take a 13-10 lead. But a 57-yard Juton McLean touchdown run with 40 seconds to go in the half has given Fairfield the lead here at halftime. It's Fairfield 17, Princeton 13. We'll be back in about 15 or so minutes with the second half. Until then, enjoy the Angry Quarterbacks podcast with myself and Tony Pike. Again, here at halftime, Fairfield 17, Princeton 13. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, and it's powered by Sidearm Sports. Looking for future leaders we can believe in? Look no further than the high school student-athletes right here in Ohio. High school sports teach young people how to be effective leaders. It includes learning to listen, accepting responsibility, being a good role model, and it's about respect. The result, it transcends sports. It gives us hope for the future. This message presented by the Ohio High School Athletic Association and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association.
Welcome into another edition of the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback, Tony Pike of Reading, UC, and Carolina Panthers fame, and now quarterback whisperer to many in this area, many yes. a young lad in yes. this area. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more. As always, we talk some NFL and Bengals, um, if you can consider the Bengals as a member of the NFL. Uh, we talk some college football, and we talk some high school football. Actually, that's coming up in the next segment. But for this segment, we will start with the Bengals, and um, I honestly don't know where to go from here. I, I, I think that what we have to know now is we have to hear from somebody in charge other than Zach Taylor, yes. who has helped put this roster together, and what your plan is moving forward to fix it. And yes. that may mean in the next couple of weeks, what the, I don't need a specific that I'm going to trade Carlos Dunlap for this. Right. But the fact that, yes, we are going to listen to trade offers. And if a trade offer comes along, we are going to take it. We are going to be more aggressive in free agency. We're not going to pick at the scrap heap when it's all been picked out already mm -hmm. and take the John Millers of the world, take the Preston Browns of the world. We're going to take some of the money that we were maybe going to use to sign A.J. Green with and save that for free agency next year and attack free agency in a different yeah. way. I want to know a plan. And you know what I'm afraid? Either they don't have a plan, and they're sure as hell not going to tell us what the plan is. Yeah, I, I saw today a letter from Carl Linder on Twitter from FC Cincinnati yes. saying, hey, yep. we're going to be better. What happened this year? And that could be lip service, but at least it. it's right. something. But at least it's something for the fans. Mm -hmm. The fans in Cincinnati are longing for something to cling to right now. Because you look at what's going on with this team, and we can talk about the game itself. But you look around what's going on with this team. I've heard players come out and say, we need to be better. I've heard the coach come out and say, we need to be better. And he's even talked about himself needing yes. to be better. I've not heard anything from the brass up top. Me neither. Come in and say, we need to be better. So when you have that, you, you basically just leave your fan base, which is a fan base that's retreating right now. Quickly. And so, and, and Quickly. I gave, I gave this, this uh, instance on the Tony and Mo show yesterday. I said, you know, two years ago, if a play like that fourth and one run play would have happened, I would have had 40 or 50 text messages from friends or family. Now, I, got, I got two and now on it, Sunday. People, people laugh at right. it more than anything else. But I got two. Wow. So that tells me that either people aren't even watching yep. or people don't care anymore. And when you have that and you see what the attendance is and you see that UC, who as great as UC is, they're not a Power 5 school. They're drawing 40-plus thousand on a Friday night. Sold the joint out. Sold it out. And then you're putting that product on the field Sundays. Someone needs to answer. And I'm with you. You either come out and you say, here's our plan, and we're going to be aggressive and we're going to listen, or you give off the idea that you're going to stay just as you are, which is swinging and missing majority of the draft, not signing any big free agents, and not making a, a trade. And, and we've talked about – everyone's talked about the A.J. Green rumors and – I just want to know by the trade deadline, either you have A.J. Green signed or not. If you Absolutely. let him continue it's throughout not, the rest no, no, no. of the season. No, it's not even a hard – you either have a signed contract yes. by the time October 29th at 4 o'clock comes along, yep. or you have signed a trade with somebody Correct. else. There is no – no we're just going to ride this out. Yeah. Because that, that to me, that, that puts your organization behind light years. No question. So you have an opportunity, and people talk about draft stock and this and that. Draft picks don't just equate to draft picks. Teams will give up valuable assets for draft picks. Yes. You could maybe move a first-round pick for a Trent Williams. You saw what Pittsburgh did with Minka Fitzpatrick. Well, well, what, well in, in that scenario that you're talking about, suppose you get a, a first-round pick for A.J. Green. Now you got two. Yeah. And you, you, can and you basically have Jonah teams. Williams yes. coming back. Yeah. So you have three first-round picks just from A.J. Green. Yes. So to me, there's, there's all these moving parts. You just have to make a decision and go forward with it, or else you're telling your fan base basically, huh, eh, doesn't matter. No. And, and Whatever. That, that's the part I think that's, that's the most frustrating if you are a fan. I really think they believe this. I think it's twofold. 
A, I think they thought they were closer to that four and one team of last yeah. year than the two and nine team that finished it. Um, and I get some of that, Tony. I do um, because injuries kind of took their toll in that eleven game stretch. But you can also look at the four and one stretch and, and go, yeah. look. Uh, Indy was driving to score the go-ahead touchdown, and you forced the fumble, scooped, and scored to seal that win. Yeah. Baltimore cut a 28-7 lead to 28-23 before you kind of put that one away with a couple of field goals. The Miami game, you were all out in the fourth quarter scoring two defensive touchdowns to win that game, or that's a loss. Right. You get a last-second touchdown pass at Atlanta to beat them. So there's a little smoke in yeah. there. And look, your record is what it is. I'm not going to take away right. that they had a 4-1 and one start. Um, well, then you can't take away that they've lost 14 out of 16. That is correct. And I, but I think they really believed... And, and I'm okay with this. If, if somebody would just tell me that, listen, we really thought we were close to that. But no one's going to tell you that. That's a problem. That's the problem. We're all just left kind of wondering. Yes, correct. And now you get to a point where it's like, okay, well, where, where does the, the and they buck truly, stop? They, and they truly believed that all it was going to take was a coaching change to yeah. make this better. That was what they sold the fan base on is this is going to make it all better. And listen, I think you and I talked about this last week. The coaching change had to happen. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it was more than past time for that, that portion to happen. And I'm not here to tell you this is a Zach Taylor issue yet. It could be. I mean, mm-hmm. he's lost his last 10 games as a play caller. I do know that. Yeah. Um, going back to his UC days. But, yeah, I, I need to hear. I think, I think your fans deserve mm-hmm. to hear something. I know you thought you were doing them a solid by getting rid of Marvin and bringing in this hot young coach off of the yep. hot coaching staff in the, uh, of the L.A. Rams. Okay, you, you can sell us on that for a very short period of time. And it kind of it created zero buzz in the offseason. Right. Well, the- it created zero buzz to start this season. I mean, it... it You've got to have a plan and, and convey that plan right. to the fan base. Well, the, the problem is the fan base has nothing to hold on to. If I'm, an nothing. Arizo- if I'm an Arizona fan right now, I can hold on to the idea of Kyler Murray in the future. Yeah, I, I'm going to go through my lumps this year. Right. Still, they're not going to win a lot the, of games. The but- worst team, I think, in football, the Miami Dolphins, have 10 picks in rounds 1, 2, and 3 and $120 million in cap space. Yes. This year might be bad. But if I'm a Dolphins fan... 2021 looks pretty good. I'm like, okay, let me start looking at some of the guys that I could get next. Let me see, look at the free agents. Let me see what we could trade. All these assets we have. We in Cincinnati have none of that right now. No, so no. we have none of that to look forward to in the future. And then you watch a game, and there's, there's three aspects of this game that, to me, were disheartening. One on the defensive side for the third, was it, well, the second straight week. Mason Rudolph last week, Kyler Murray this week. I watched a... Young quarterback come in and not really be pressured. Not pressured at all. I watched it. It was, it was pretty easy on him. You get a matchup with Nick Vigil on your running back, take it. They vacate the box, run the ball. A team that ran for 98 yards a game coming into the game ran for 266. I got news for you. In the NFL, that is a ton of yards. Yes, on the I have ground. news for you. The Ravens, they run the ball. Yeah. The Jaguars, they run the ball. Yep. The Rams, they can run the ball. So defensively, that side disheartening offensively 22 passing yards and a half for Andy Dalton against a terrible secondary in Arizona and then I've been I've been screaming this for weeks you signed Giovanni Bernard to an extension in the offseason you had no John Ross no AJ Green this week and you're telling me a guy that you said hey you know what whoever made the decision whether it was organization whether it was Zach Taylor you said you know what let, let's let's buy in and give Giovanni Bernard a third contract, which running backs in the NFL, that's okay. tough to do. I, I'll give you my answer on that in a second, but I know what you're saying. I mean, he's on your roster. Right. I think I'd find a way when I'm down some weapons to, yeah. to put him on the field. There were a couple snaps he and Joe were on the field together. Yes. I want to see more. Yes. I want to see more. I, I do think the Giovanni Bernard signing was absolutely, in my opinion, a preemptive strike for a Joe Mixon possible holdout after this year. I yeah. think that was what they decided. You know what? We're going to have a chip to use when he uses a chip against us. Well, okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. But you have him on your roster. Right. Utilize him. Yes, especially in a game where you don't have your weapons. Right. Giovanni Bernard, his whole career in Cincinnati, 
has shown he can run in between the tackles, outside the tackles. I think he's a better pass blocker right now he's than what Joe pass. Mixon is showing. He can split out and catch passes, and he can catch so passes out of the backfield. Yes. Listen, if you're in a passing situation or you want Correct. to throw it, put Gio in the backfield, put Joe lined up out wide, and let's go with that. Give me Giovanni Bernardo as a wildcat. I'm, I'm fine with that, Put too. them both in there. We saw it from Pittsburgh. I've seen what Taysom Hill has done in New Orleans. There's, there has to be a way. Look what Ingram and Kamara did the last couple of years before Ingram went to Baltimore. Right. I mean, there, there's possibilities to put two playmakers on the field when you don't have playmakers surrounded. And that, 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 that to me, when your offense has been this bad, I don't understand how he doesn't see more snaps. All right, I'm giving Zach Taylor a pass for now. Um, what say you on that? Where, where do you stand on, on, on the job you think he has done well, he's, as a head coach and as a play caller? He's playing with a, a short deck. No question. Uh, but to me, there's just been question marks of, you know, how, how do you have the success coming out and running the ball the first drive and then don't get back to it until late in the game? How do you not establish what's going on against a team? Look, the Arizona Cardinals. What is this team's identity on offense? Correct. If I ask you, no, honestly, they don't have one. Right. The Arizona Cardinals defense was not good. No. They're not good. They're not going to be good. No. So you come out and you, again, a quarterback in his ninth year passes for 22 yards in the first half. We've seen the offense be abysmal in the first half all season, really. I don't know. I know he's playing with, again, a the, the short end of the stick. But to me, fourth and one, why we're in shotgun, why why Andy Dalton's following Joe Mixon through a hole. Like, I can live with – I love the call to go for it. I do too. Get under center. And Tom Brady's 50 years old and can still Dude, quarterback sneak for a it yard. It wasn't even a yard. No. It was a, it was a foot. Quarterback sneak or get under center, turn around and let Joe Mixon run in an eye formation. I think you can make a sneak in that yes. I really believe that. That, that to me – that's when I, when I see stuff like Auden Tate drop a pass, or if I see a bad, like I can, I attribute that to LA, they just they don't have the guys that right. can get off coverage right now. But on fourth and one, when that's the play you throw out there, that's what you question. Yeah. And again, when you when you're five games in and you can't give a team's identity, and you're five games in and you're making the same mistakes defensively, it's it's almost like the the broadcasters of the game are laughing at it. Like you'd think. When every team beats you to the edge, you could do something to change that. I, I, I think, honestly, some of it is you got, you got Jesse Bates won't come down and tackle anybody right. anymore. Uh, Sean Williams does, and he's, also, he's, a, he's a torpedo, and yep. he's killing you himself. You have two corners that don't want to two tackle. Two corners don't want to tackle. You, you didn't address your linebacker Your linebackers position. aren't fast enough or athletic enough to get to the edge. Right. If your end, who's making business decisions, it looks like, your high-priced defensive end in Carlos Dunlap, yeah. is getting blocked up and not being able to, to, to set an edge, yep. I, I think I just keep attacking the, the, the perimeter. Well, we have Jermaine. Oh, well, no, he doesn't play. I will say this. We did talk to Luana Rumo yesterday, and we asked him specifically about Jermaine. He said, I've got to – said, some of that's on Jermaine. He said, yep. right now, some of it's on me. And he said, you know, I get him in a game, and he goes to the wrong gap, um, and I, I get him out. And he said, I, I need to kind of trust the process a little bit more. And I said, I get it. I mean, it's a close right. game. Right. I, I, but I, I think you will see some more Jermaine Pratt snaps. So whether that's a good thing or not, I don't know. I get, I get being a close game, but games like San Francisco, he should have yes. been in there more. No doubt. I, I don't Games like, that. you know, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh get him in absolutely. there more. So, no, I agree with you. And, and, and that goes for the other side of the ball, too. If your identity going to the offseason was going to be run the ball, Drew Sample should be on the field. No doubt. But if you look back to, I believe it was not this week, but last week, out of 10 rookie tight ends, he was the lowest graded run blocking yes. tight end. Now, his pass blocking has been really, really good. Great. But, I mean, it, that that was your second round pick. You had to go up and get him because yeah. he can block. That, it, and mean, he's not blocking. I mean, that was a specific pick for a specific yes. reason to be a run blocking tight end like that's to help you win the a run. A run game. blocking and he tight can't end. Get on the field? That's like fifth or sixth round. If you're going to get one in the second round, he better be a starter. Yes. 
especially when 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 there's third, fourth, fifth round grades on the guy, you better be going up to take a chance on a guy knowing it's this so, guy's going to be a starter for us. So that's where I go back to whose fault is this right. that we're I mean, and that's where this organization is really hard to pin down because if I were to ask you um, in the last five years, not counting this draft, the five years prior, who was responsible for pulling the trigger on draft day? I have no idea. Was it Mike Brown? Was it Marvin Lewis? Duke Tobin? Was it Duke Tobin? Right. Was it a conglomerate decision? I, yep. I don't know that. All I know is this. Since the Andy Dalton-A.J. Green draft of 2011, so the drafts since then, mm-hmm. how many guys have made a Pro Bowl in the, la- in, in the draft classes since? And how many Pro Bowls they've made? No. One. Tyler Eifert made in yep. 2015. He was selected in 2013. Not one other. So, and, I, and if, they, if you don't want that to be the measuring stick, that's fine. Yeah, well. How about all the whiffs? You right, but it should be. Whiffs? But it should be because 2015, they looked at Andrew Whitworth and said, no, it's, yeah. I think you're done. Yeah. Uh, whiff on Oboyhe. Whiff on Fisher. Seems like a whiff on Billy Price. Whiff on third-round linebackers. Yes. Like what? So so here's here's now the, the next step. Tyler Croft was a third-round right. pick. How much of an impact did he make? Right. Here's now, here's now the next step in the process that's a little worrisome. So say this team does say, okay, you know what? We're going to change the mold a little bit. Let's get some draft picks. Where's the confidence right. that you, they're going to nail no, these draft picks? That's, that's exactly because, it. Do you trust them? Because we can say whatever you want about what the Browns did and what the Dolphins are doing. You have to have someone in place at the GM role or somewhere and that says, where, you know what? That's where, and I think the fan base. That's where the fall off look, is here. They, they clamored for the coaching change. Yep. Okay. Didn't move the needle a whole lot. It moved it a little bit. Didn't move it a whole lot. Fans have come to that realization of, yeah, Marvin, it was time for Marvin to go, but this isn't all the Marvin issue. We've seen this. We've seen this record played out before. Yeah. It's now gotten to the point, if you don't show them that you've brought in a bona fide NFL general manager with some level of pedigree, not some yep. guy you're taking a swing on, yep. with a bona fide pedigree of building somewhere else and building successfully, you're not getting them back. Yeah. You're I mean, not look, getting them back. And I'm telling you, it's going to get worse before it gets better. It if happens. You don't do that. Right. It happens around the NFL. Kansas City had Alex Smith coming off a Pro Bowl year and drafted Patrick Mahomes. Because they had a plan. Yes, the Ravens had Joe Flacco still, and they they had a plan. And you can you could be bought in or not on Lamar Jackson, yet, but at least they had a plan. No doubt. There's no plan in place in Cincinnati Cle- right now. And I, I know Cleveland's not playing great right now, but Cleveland right. brought in John Dorsey. He made yes. a lot of changes to that roster. Yes. Maybe some of it wasn't good, but he made a lot of changes but to that I, roster. But I guarantee if they have an opportunity to go get Trent Williams at the deadline, I bet you they do they'll it. go do it. Absolutely. I, I have no because, doubt Because that. John Dorsey has shown that he will. Mm-hmm. We in Cincinnati have shown that we won't. No. We, we, we window dress everything with, well, we have Zach Taylor, and then I'll oh, slide this Bobby Hart deal on the back. Oh, let's Preston Brown because he's, he's lost a lot of weight and he's athletic now. Like they, they just try to pass that by the fan base by saying, look at all this attention on Zach Taylor. Look what we're doing at the coaching staff. That's and like, then, no, that's all, that's oh, exactly John Jerry. Well, he was out of football last year, but he, he's, he's close with Jim Turner. Like that that's what they're selling us on. And you know what? If all that works, good for you. But guess right. what? It doesn't. It hasn't. It, doesn't. it isn't. And for the second time this season, one against the Bengals and last night, I watched Quan Alexander, a guy who people in this city said in the offseason overpay. You need a linebacker. Quan uh, you know, Alexander. Just a line, but Preston Brown is a linebacker. You right. need a guy who's a playmaker. Yes. And I've seen him two times live now, and I've seen Quan Alexander make a ton of plays. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Let's say we get to the bye week. They're 0-8, and, and that's a real possibility. That's an extremely real possibility. And at that point, the, the day after the final game of, of the first half, before they go into that bye week, that Tuesday is the trade deadline. If they don't make a deal, oh. if you're a fan, and I think, I think you've got some fan in you. I, yeah. I do. How do you, how do you read that? I, I, think you are, I think you are on the border of losing 
over half your fan base. I do too. And it, 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 that sounds drastic. You think, they, you think they understand that? I don't know. I, but, but if you look at the crowd Sunday, like I would say after the Seattle game where we were kind of fooled. I was fooled. It I'll, wasn't like it was a sellout that next Sunday. No, it, had, it, the, it was more than what I thought. It was a right. solid 50,000, and I but, believe that. But now if you're looking at what has come, and it, I mean, and Kyler th- Murray, first-round pick, you got a chance and, to. And the thing is, you don't get that fan base back until you win no. on a grandiose level. Correct. The fan base may hang with you through some eight and eights or even mm-hmm. through the five playoff seasons. It's disappointing you lost, but, hey, this is still a good enough team to go to the playoffs, yep. and here they go again. All right, I'm all in. Well, and then the list, there's a letdown there, and then, but you know what? Still a playoff caliber. We're yeah. past. The window's closed. Well, you haven't helped yourself because you've had two bad losses at home, one blown out to the Niners, the other one where a team that you should beat, the Arizona no Cardinals, doubt. comes in and wins. So you have those two home games that fans in Cincinnati watch and cling to, and then you have the Monday night debacle where fans – get to sit around on a Sunday and watch the NFL Sunday mm-hmm. ticket, or they get to watch all these competitive football games. Mm-hmm. And these fans get excited about football. And then Monday they watch that Bengals-Steelers game. And then you come to the realization that you're you know losing what? it. I don't want to yeah. shell out 70 bucks for a ticket. I've done that it before. Was, it's it's $500 to take yeah. a family of four to a Bengals game. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to do that. I, you know what? I, I, it's $500. I, yeah. If they get good again, Tony, I'll do that. I, yeah. I'll do that. Okay, maybe you will. And right. Maybe, maybe you won't. But you're taking the risk the longer you let this go on. That those fans don't ever come That's back. That's correct. That those fans just say, you know what? I can I can go watch five games at the same time, mm-hmm. and when I want, I can just turn the Bengals off. Yeah. I don't have to be at the stadium. I don't have to pay whatever for beer. I don't have to pay for tickets or for concessions or any of that. Yeah. I mean that that is that is a legit bona fide danger that you're walking right on the fence of right now, and you have a couple weeks till that trade deadline to show that it's going to be different. Because if you come out with the same team after the deadline and you got no deal for A.J. Green and he's just, well, we're just going to see what happens. I mean, how, how, do, you, how, do, you sell, how do you sell to a fan? Because it's not – you're not one player away. What if they go four and four in the oh. second half, Tony? You're not one player away. Oh, no. You're, that's the problem. Like, if you, if you could sell no, a team no, on, you know I, what, I, that's the column, that's we're going to bring A.J. Green yeah, back yeah, that's the column and then we're going to be aggressive. No, you're, you're more than one Correct. player away. and that's why you're not you, – you don't – I don't even want you to bring A.J. Green no. back. I don't want you to throw that money that he deserves and yep. is owed. I want him 30- to go have a chance to play somewhere well, at the end of his career. But I don't win. want that money going to a 32-year-old wide receiver who's played 18 of the last 40 Bengals right. games because of injuries. And by the time you're good again, he's going to be 34, 35. So right. what, what, will you hopefully. Do, what will you have done with that money? Right. Hopefully good by then. And, and again. Yeah, hopefully. And if you listen to A.J. Green, because he's been the professional, he'll say he wants to stay here. And I, and I, I take him at his word. Yes, well, but as I an organization, care. you can't make that business no. decision. No, your you decision cannot. is a simple one. Yes. If you don't trade him by the deadline or have him signed, you have screwed up. Yep, majorly. All right, so let me let me. And that goes this. for Geno Atkins. That goes Anybody. for Andy anyone. Baldwin. If any team calls, let me tell you this: If I were in a position where I wanted to blow things up, I would be on the phone with the Chicago Bears, and I'd say, "Did you watch Chase Daniels? Yeah. Do you need Andy? What Dalton? will you give me for Andy Dalton Absolutely. right now? Because you guys are a piece away. You got weapons. And you Andy, got a really good defense. Andy Dalton's not going to lose you a game. Absolutely. What do you want to give for it? That was our Angry Quarterbacks podcast. Myself and Tony Pike. We talk uh, Bengals in the NFL, high school football, college football. It drops uh, usually each Tuesday afternoon. 
And that was just a snippet from it. Welcome back here to Pat Mancuso Field in Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium. I'm Richard Skinner. Here at halftime, Fairfield leads Princeton 17 to 13. Let's recap how the scoring went in the first half and look at the first half statistics. Fairfield got on the board first with 4.46 to go in the first quarter when Phoenix Porter scooped up a My Jaden Horton fumble and returned it 31 yards for a touchdown. Nick Matty added the point after. Fairfield took a 7-0 lead. 7.58 to go in the second quarter following a 56-yard catch and run by Phil Thomas down to the 10-yard line. Fairfield got a 27-yard Matty field goal to go up 10-0. Again with 7.58 to go in the first half. Princeton, though, after forcing a punt, got the ball back. One play, 47 yards. It was by Jaden Horton to D'Angelo Foster. Perfectly thrown pass for a touchdown. 47 yards out. The extra point try failed. And with 3.24 to go in the half, Princeton had pulled within 10-6. And then Princeton took the lead on a 48-yard officially. Jaden Scarborough interception return with 1.25 to go in the half. Hayden Cobbs added the point after. And the Vikings had taken a 13-10 lead. But it took Fairfield only two plays to recapture the lead. Juton McClain. Ripping off a 57-yard run for a touchdown. The extra point was good by Maddie, and that's where we stand here at halftime, 17-13. Each team only had four first downs in the first half. Fairfield did have 170 yards, but 113 of those came on the McLean run and the pass to Thomas. Princeton with just 92 yards of offense and only 21 rushing on 14 carries. And really, most of their yardage came on that 47-yard pass to D'Angelo Foster for the touchdown. So both defenses, even though it's a 17-13 score, both defenses really dominated that first half. Each scored a touchdown as well. McLean, who came in with 1,092 yards on the season, he was bottled up for the most part. His first nine carries netted him 25 yards, but then he ripped off the 57-yarder, so he finished the half with 82 yards rushing on 10 carries. Passing-wise, Sawaya Ellis, the Fairfield quarterback, 4 of 5 for 72 yards in the interception. He was sacked three times in the first half, twice by Jaheim Thomas and once by Elijah Eberhardt. While MJ Horton was 4 of 9 for 71 yards, he was sacked four times in the first half. Brandon Smith, who had four tackles for loss for Fairfield and forced the fumble that Porter scooped up. It was a sack fumble. He had four tackles for loss and two sacks in the first half of play. And also notably defensively for Princeton, uh, Jaheim Thomas had three total tackles for loss including the two sacks, and Leroy Bowers with two tackles for loss in that first half of play. So 17-13, Princeton trails it. They trailed two weeks ago against Lakota East at the half, 21-7. They were tied with Middletown last week at the half, 21-21. Won both of those football games, so maybe it's a, it's a good omen right now to be in the football game and just barely down here at halftime. Fairfield will get the ball to start the second half. We had a brief, I don't want to say downpour, but at least a shower at halftime. It stopped now. That was during the home, it's actually homecoming here at Princeton. Nice crowd on hand. They crowned the homecoming king and queen, and the rain started right about the time they started introducing the, the homecoming court. But not raining at the moment, and we're set for second half football action. Princeton down 17-13. Vikings came into this week, number six in the Harbins in Region 4. Top eight teams make the playoffs. Princeton has not done that since 2007. Fairfield came in at number one. Undefeated Indians with a 17-13 lead in this game tonight for Princeton. If it can win, would go a long way towards getting in the playoffs and maybe moving it towards a, a home game. So here we go. Princeton to kick off to start the second half. Juton McLean stands back at his own five-yard line. He didn't get the last kickoff. They popped it up short, so he didn't get it. He had a good return the one before that. Here's Cobbs moves on the football. He's going to pop it again to the far side. It is going to be fielded at the 25-yard line by May or Simpkins rather, across the 35 to the 40, and he's cut down at the 43-yard line. So the last one was fair caught. This time, Jaden Mays decided to run it. 
He gets a nice return across the 40, and that's where Fairfield will start second-half action. Again, for the most part, Princeton defense was fairly dominant in that first half, but two big plays set up the 10 points that they scored offensively. Actually, one of the big plays was a touchdown, the 57-yard Juton McLean run. Off the hash mark to the left, two receivers go each way. McLean to the left of the quarterback, Sawaya Ellis in the shotgun. No tight end this time. Princeton showing a five-man front against the five blockers. Man comes in motion, Mays coming right. They're going to hand it off to McLean coming right, and he gets tackled at about the 46-yard line. Leroy Bowers got him high. Jaheim Thomas got him low. Mark him at the 47. Boy, he runs hard. It's downhill, even out of that standing position in the shotgun. When he plants his foot and goes, it is a downhill run, man. Got that great breakaway speed we saw on the touchdown in the first half, but I've also seen him run with some power, too. A gain of, we'll call it three to the 47, because they started at the 44, second and seven. Trips to the right, one receiver left, McLean to the left of Ellis in the shotgun. Takes the shotgun snap, drops the throw, pump fakes, in some trouble, now scrambling off to the left, and he's gonna be sacked at the 45 yard line. Fourth time tonight, Sawai Ellis has gotten sacked. Credit Harding, maybe Jaheim Thomas and Christian Tilgus Dixon all in the area, and Harding has to come out with a shoe issue, they gotta get somebody in. And they will, they'll send starting offensive lineman Quincy Hughes in there. He's played some defense. He comes in here now on what would be a third of the market at the 46. Only a loss of one, but it'll be third and eight. Two receivers left. They do have a tight end and a wing in the game now. Trying to get some added pass protection. Looking at a six-man front. Ellis going to fake it. Try to throw it over the middle. It's caught at the 40 and then tackled at the 35-yard line. Just over the top of the linebacker. He dropped it in. The pass did Ellis to Phil Thomas, and that's enough for a first down and then some down to the Princeton 32-yard line. Elijah Eberhardt made the stop, but that was a good touch. As it sucked the linebackers up as they faked the handoff to McLean, and he held it in McLean's belly for a long time before pulling it out. That forced the linebackers up, and he just dropped it in over top of them for a completion and a first down. From the 32, first and 10 Fairfield on the hash mark to the left. Send a man, Thomas in motion, coming right. Hand it off, they'll fake hand off. Ellis has to keep around the left side, 30. Cuts back inside, 25. Gets a block, 20, 15, 10, 5. So why Ellis for the touchdown for Fairfield? They faked the jet coming left. They faked it to McLean going, or the jet going right. Faked it to McLean going right. Ellis kept it around the left end, made a nice cut, and goes 32 yards for a Fairfield touchdown to the Indians, making a 23-13 lead a couple of minutes into the second half. It'll be Maddie to attempt the extra point again. Out of the hold of the quarterback Ellis who just ran for that touchdown. So why Ellis is a competent runner. He showed it right there. So Princeton just feels like just moments ago led 13 to 10, now down 23-13. Maddie moved early and I think they're gonna get him for a false start. Maddie took a step before the ball was even snapped. I think they're gonna a false start on him. On the Indians. So Ellis goes 32 yards for the touchdown. He came into tonight's game, the second leading rusher on this Fairfield team with 274. And including that run, has 47 yards on the ground tonight. So the extra point will be from five yards further back, but Maddie's got a 27-yard field goal to his credit tonight, so shouldn't be too much of a bother. 
Wells extends his hand, gets the snap back, almost blocked. The kick is on the way. The kick is good. So a little over two minutes into the second half, Fairfield, which scored with 40 seconds to go in the first half, scores a little over two minutes into the second half. It's gone from 13-10 down to now 24-13 lead over Princeton. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies ask, what's your salary? At Northwestern Mutual Cincinnati, we ask, what's your story? We know building the right financial plan means looking at more than money. That's why we start by asking the right question, listening to what matters most to you, then guiding you every step of the way to help you live the life you want, now and years from now. Plan your financial story with Northwestern Mutual. Contact us today at 513-366-3600 or visit us on the web at cincinnati.nm.com. Welcome back here to Pat Mancuso Field, Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium. Butcher Skinner with producer engineer Zach Waddell. Princeton now having to come back again. They trailed 10-0 at one point in the first half. Now down by 11 here early in the second half. As Elgin Phillips moves on the ball, squibs the kick away. Burkhalter fields at the 25. Stutter steps, trying to come to the far side of the 30. Can he get outside? Gets a block, 35. Cuts inside, 40. 45-50 into Fairfield territory, but there's a penalty flag back at the 35-yard line, and it's going to come back for an illegal block. And Mike Daniels with his arms outstretched, asking what in the world did we just do? It's gonna be against Princeton, wow. So that's gonna wipe out a great return by Burkhalter. Flag sits at the 41, so instead of having it at the 41 in Fairfield territory, it's gonna be back to about their own 26 yard line. Oh, that make it just a 10 yarder, back to the 31. Now they'll put it down at the 30. So there we go. Wipes out a big return. There were two different officials who threw flags, including the referee, John Sagers. Holding was the call. So Princeton will start its own 30 down 24-13 now. And the offense has not done a whole lot other than that one touchdown pass. The 47-yarder from Horton to Foster. They've not generated minutes on drives, just four first downs in the game. Out of the shotgun with Boyd to the right of Horton. Now they send a man in motion. Matthews going right. He doesn't get it. They give it to Boyd running straight ahead. Big hole across the 35-40 and up to the 42-yard line. I'll mark him at the 41, but that's going to be an 11-yard pickup for Thomas Boyd in a first down. Looks like the play clocks on both sides are out, both end zones. So it'll be hard to tell where they'll have to keep it on the field. But a nice run for Boyd on first down, first and 10 from the 41. Man goes in motion going left. Here's Horton going to keep it running, running left. Or it's man in motion going right, and Horton kept it running left, and he stopped for a loss. Here to come through, Omar Stiwi. And Brandon Smith with another tackle for loss. Loss of three on the play. Boyd goes out, James Price comes in. Tamar Matthews was in there for as a tight end, but he comes out as Princeton's going to go with more wide receivers here. Two to each side of the field, double slots each way. Price to the right of Horton in the shotgun. He looks at a three-man front, but three linebackers right behind that three-man front. And here they come on a blitz. No, they backed away. Here's a pass left side. It's caught going down right away at the 43-yard line. If you're catching it, was Jamar Matthews. Got five on the play, but now third and long. It'll be third and eight Princeton from its own 43. You hate to be down 11, go three and out. No, actually, they did not because they did pick up a first down on the Boyd run, but... 
They do have to convert this to avoid from punting the football away. Matthews and Burkholder wide left. Foster and Rodney Harris wide right. Price to the left of Horton in the gun. Looks at a three-man front. Now in motion going to the right is Matthews. They fake the jet to him. Dropping to throw. Horton fires wide open the middle field. And it's shoveled and dropped. Wide open at the 45-yard line. D'Angelo Foster tried to run with it before he caught it. And just dropped the football. There was a soul within five yards of him. That would have been a first down and then some at the 45-yard line. He tried to turn up field. But hadn't quite secured the pass yet. And now Princeton, instead of having the first down, is going to have to punt it away. It's a good throw by Horton. Matthews to punt it away. Stands at his own 30 to await the snap. It's a low snap. He's got it. Plenty of time to get it away. Gets away a high floating punt to the far side. Thomas runs over, catches on the run at the 25. Shakes a tackle there at the 30. Across the 35 to the 40. Breaks another tackle at the 40-yard line to the 45. And he's a whirling dervish as he crosses to the 50-yard line. Wow, what a return for Phil Thomas. He broke about four or five tackles and just kept spinning his way out of trouble. And spun his, all, all, spun his way all the way to the 50-yard line. All the momentum Fairfield's way right now with 7.41 to go here in the third. Fairfield up 24-13. Actually, they mark it in Princeton territory at the 49. And now you can't give up anything else, especially with the way the offense has struggled tonight. This defense has played pretty well tonight, but just gave up a touchdown drive on the first drive of the second half. In fact, the last two times Fairfield's had the football in this game, they scored touchdowns at the end of the first half and the start of the second half. This time they have nobody wide right, two of them wide left, the wing left, and McLean to the right of Ellis in the shotgun. McLean gets the handoff running left, gets to the corner at the 50, and then is dragged out of bounds. He dragged a tackler with him, Christian Kilgus Dixon. Pick up, you'll see where they mark it, the 46, 45, hard to tell. Now we got a Princeton player down and hurt. He's just laying on his back. I'll mark him at the 46, so a short gain of three. Not sure who the injured player is. It may just be somebody out of gas. Princeton just can't get anything going offensively. This team had a lot of hype going into the season. Got the transfer in Paris Johnson. MJ Horton transferred from LaSalle as the quarterback. You had Darian Henry back. You had Jaheim Thomas is going to UC back. And yet they, against the better teams on their schedule, have had a hard time generating much offense. Sycamore held them to 13. Colerain held them to 13. Really didn't do anything for three quarters against Lakota East. They really haven't done much tonight offensively. One of their touchdowns tonight came on defense. As the injured player was Leroy Bowers, who gets up under his own power and jogs off. So that's a good sign. He's had a good game tonight. And a couple, three tackles for losses. But he's out at the moment. Fairfield will have it second and seven on the Princeton 46. Trip set comes right. They have mixed up their formations a lot tonight. This time the three receivers set right. One receiver left, so no tight end now. And McLean almost directly behind Ellis, the quarterback, is in the shotgun. It's the shotgun snap. Princeton went offside. Shaheem Thomas, who was standing up on the end on the far side, just jumped early, and that cost them five yards. The Vikings encroachment. Still second down for the Indians. Set a second and eight. Second and two from the 41-yard line. Gives a different formation. Double slots each way. 
McLean to the right of Ellis in the gun this time. Makes the shotgun snap, now sends a man in motion coming right. They fake the jet to him, hand it to McLean, and he's going to be tackled for a loss. Jaheim Thomas got through there unblocked. It's his fourth tackle for loss of the night, back at the 45. That's a loss of four. McLean, again, has been bottled up for the most part other than that 57-yard touchdown run. They lost four there. So now third and six for Fairfield. A 24-13 here in the third at the Princeton 45. Two receivers each way. McLean stands side by side with Ellis in the shotgun. He's to his right, looks at a four-man Princeton front. And takes the snap, drops to throw. Starting to blitz, now he's in some trouble. Ellis looking, now scrambling off to his left, has some time, and now he's gonna be sacked back in Princeton, back in Fairfield territory, back at the 47-yard line on the far sideline. Henry, Jaheim Thomas, Joshua Younger all there to sack him. So good coverage, that was a coverage sack that time. And good enough pressure gets Ellis to sack. And Princeton forces the punt. Elgin Phillips stands at his own 35 to wait the snap. Actually going to stand back at his own 30. D'Angelo Foster near side, Leroy Bowers far side to await the punt. Clock approaching six minutes to go here in the third. So Princeton needs maybe a big play in the kicking game because it doesn't seem like it's going to get much up from the offense. There's a good snap back. Phillips, plenty of time. Gets away a very high, wobbly punt. Bowers or Foster signals for a fair catch and takes it on the Princeton 20-yard line. There's a flag as a Princeton player has his helmet taken off again. There are two flags. Let's see what this one is. That is Todd Harding who had to pick his hat up. No signal yet from John Sagers. In three ways. Feeling good, it's skyline time. It's gonna be against Princeton. Instead of starting at the 20, they're gonna start back at their own 10. Well, I don't know what that was. He didn't mark anything off. Now they will. So the, the flag was against the Vikings. Illegal participation. Princeton called for illegal participation. I'm not sure. They must have had 12 on the field. Oh, well. So first down from their own 10. In motion goes Matthews to the right. Horton gonna drop to throw. Sends the pocket, throws it deep into double coverage, and it's caught at the 40 yard line up to the 45 and out of bounds. That was Sterling Burkholzer who had two defenders on either side of him. Phil Thomas and Antoine Hill and somehow was able to catch the football. It's a pickup of 36 yards to the Princeton 46 yard line. Boy, that didn't look like a great decision at all from MJ Horton, but somehow he fitted in there and gets them off their doorstep. Double slots each way, but they're very tight slots. Now man in motion going right, Foster. Now he starts right, cuts back left, and he's gonna be in some trouble. Now starts back right. Can he get to the corner? He cannot, he's gonna lose a whole bunch. And he's hog tied and tagged down behind 
at the 36-yard line. He turned that from bad to worse to the worst possible. Dilo McIntosh was there to drag him down for the loss. He dragged him down by the jersey and slung him down. That's a loss of 10 back to the 36-yard line. Inside five minutes to go here in the third. 24-13 Fairfield, second and 20 Princeton. Two receivers go each way off the hash mark to the right. Price in there is the running back, and they send the man in motion, Matthews, from left to right. And Hort takes the snap, wants to set up the middle screen, does so, and it's going to go nowhere. And in fact, I think it's going to go incomplete, or no, cut by Price. And then he was tackled immediately by Malachi Sanders. No, they say now incomplete. That's actually a gift because it saves Princeton a couple yard loss. So third and 20. Burkhalter and Matthews are left. They didn't even join the huddle. They just looked for the play on the sideline. Foster, Burkhalter to the right. They're making Foster and Harris to the right. Out of the shotgun, Horton takes the snap. Five-man rush, sets his feet. Now he's going to be scrambling. He's going to be sacked for a loss. Price picked up one blitzing linebacker but couldn't get a second as Malachi Sanders was able to clean it up and drop him. They blitzed the linebacker. One of them, Brandon Smith, well, actually Brandon Smith playing the line. They did send two guys on a blitz. Price picked it up. Boy, this offensive line has just been a disappointment. Against the better teams on the schedule, they just don't get any movement. And now it'll be Matthews to punt it again. By the time he punts it, there'll be about three and a half minutes to go here in the third. Thomas stands in single safety at his own 40. The snap is high. Matthews goes back and get it. Not much of a rush, and he gets away the punt. It's a knuckleball punt that's coming up short. Thomas catches it on the run, a fair catch, and then goes sliding down at the 44-yard line. And again, back to the pressure on this Princeton defense. Princeton offense just gets nothing going. Defense has held up its end of the bargain except for a couple of big plays and really one drive. And they've scored seven of the points tonight on the Scarborough interception return. A team that's this good and with a player as potent as Tutan McLean is, it's hard to keep him bottled up for long. And he burst loose for a 57-yard TD run at the end of the half. Three receivers right, one left, no tight end. McLean. To the left of Ellis, the quarterback in the gun takes the snap. Hand off to McLean, running right, trying to get to the corner on the outside. Across the 45, 50, in the clear 40. They're not going to get him. 30, down to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, Juton McLean. This one from 56 yards out. Pulled the guard and the tackle from the left side and led the way. He never, he never got touched. Dequavius Wheeler and Connor Snively leading the, leading the way. And Juton McClain, once he got an open, open field, you ain't catching him. He's going to end up with a huge night and really is going to do it only in a handful of runs. <laughs> he's been tackled for a loss about five or six times in this game, but when he's popped them, he's popped them for a 57-yarder and a 56-yarder. Now Matty to try the point after with the quarterback Ellis holding with 3.36 to go here in the third. It's 30-13 to 13 Fairfield. The point after would make it 31 if he can make it. Snap is good, the kick is up, and it's blocked. 
And I think it was Todd Harding who got the block. He got, there's like four guys back here. Harding got the block. But it's still a three-score differential. Princeton offense got to get something going. They're in some deep trouble now. 3.36 to go in the third. Fairfield 30, Princeton 13. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. London Computer Systems is a seven-time top workplace thanks to their top Cincinnati workforce. For three decades, LCS has been a leading provider of critical business technologies, including their signature property management software, Rent Manager. Take the next step in your career and join this award-winning workforce. Visit www.lcs.com careers today. Back here at Pat Mancuso Field, Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium. Princeton late in the first half on an interception return with a minute 25 to go in the first half, had taken a 13-10 lead over Fairfield. But since then, it's been all Indians. They've outscored them 17 to nothing in what amounts to, from a clock standpoint, less than a quarter. Excuse me, not 17, I think 20 to nothing to take a 30-13 lead. It'll be Elgin Phillips to kick it off. He squibbed the last handful. See if he squibs another one. He's going to kick this one away. Bowers retreats and will field at his own seven. That goes off to the left across the 10, 15, 20, out to the 25, trying to get to the sideline at the 30, does so to 35, to the 40, and run out of bounds at the 40-yard line. And there's a penalty flag across the way, and that's going to come back. But Princeton feels like any time they do anything right, they get a penalty. That's probably going to be a hold against Princeton. It'll mark them instead of, again, starting this one at the 42. They'll be starting back on about their own 17. No flag, no flag. Now they, stay, now they wave off the penalty, excuse me. So okay, good break for Princeton. Maybe he just dropped out of his pocket. So the Vikings will start on their own 43. Jay Horton. The accuracy issues have continued. He has thrown a touchdown pass and actually real, a really good ball to D'Angelo Foster that he dropped in. Matthews goes in motion. Horton back to throw. Flings it down the middle of the field. He has a man out there just a hair too far. Foster was running wide open down at the 20-yard line. He had gotten past the defense behind him. Again, almost the same play. They scored the touchdown on just a straight down the seam. He ran. And Horton just a hair too far. Couldn't drop it in. Or that would have been six. Second and 10, Vikings from their 43. Boyd goes out, Price comes back in at the running back spot. Harris, Foster go out wide right. Burke Halter, Jamar Matthews come to the left. Matthews the slot man that way. See if he goes in motion, he does going right. They fake the jet to him, dropping a throw. Horton throws it to nobody. He threw it to the 50 yard line and there was nobody even close. I'm assuming he was trying to hit Price wheeling out of the backfield. Price was running a wheel route up the sideline. Third and 10, Princeton from its own 43. This is huge, down 17. Got to get this first down. Can't afford to punt it back to Fairfield. Two receivers each way. Price to the left of Fork in the gun. Blitz comes. It's picked up. He throws a pass left. Throws it. Short, is it caught? I think it was. No, now they say incomplete. Burkhalter had to dive to try to catch it. 
Couldn't quite get his hands underneath it at the 48-yard line. That would have been short of the first down anyway. And now Princeton had the ball for all of about 21 seconds, and they're going to have to punt it right back away or go for it, which I don't think they will do down 17. Now Matthew's going to come in to punt it. Well, this place was electric on that Scarborough interception return for a touchdown, but the wind has completely been taken out of the sails here. There's a snap back to Matthews. It's way a high, wobbly punt to the near side. It's going to bounce at the 25. Roll inside the 20, take another good bounce for Princeton. Roll out of bounds at about the 17-yard line. So with 2.58 to go here in the third, Fairfield will get it back on its own 17-yard line. Up comfortably now, 30-13 to 13 here late in the third. Offense, up until that McLean touchdown run in the first half, had just three first downs and three points. Since then, to start the second half, the Fairfield offense put together a long TD march and then a 56-yard Juton McLean touchdown run. Extend the lead from 17 to 13 at the half to now 30 to 13 to start this drive. They go with one receiver each way. They do bring a tight end in, and they also have Sexton lined up on a wing left. No, actually, he's the only one. No, they do have a tight end. They put two receivers right. Nobody out wide left this time. Here's a snap. Goes to hand it off to McLean, and he runs into a brick wall at the line of scrimmage. Tried to dart. Started right, tried to dart back left, and there was no running room. When Princeton's bottled him up, they have bottled him up. But when he's found any kind of a crease, he's popped two long touchdown runs as Juton McLean. Heading to the University of Kentucky, and they have themselves, it looks like a good one. Second and 10 in Fairfield in no hurry. Again, it's 40 seconds now in high school football. But we don't have the play clocks now operable. They're both out, so hard to tell how much time is left on the play clock. Ellis has double wings this time. And now a flag, and Princeton lined up offsides. Are you kidding me? Flag on the play. Leroy Bowers apparently took a step across the line of scrimmage, and Offside. they're going to get a five-yard penalty. All That's unbelievable. Again, in high school football, if you cross the line of scrimmage defensively, you don't have to touch anybody. That's, a, that's the penalty. Bowers has had a good game tonight, too, with three tackles for loss. There's a man in motion. They're going to hand it to him on a jet. That's Mays running left, and he's going to go nowhere. He's going to lose back to the 20-yard line. There's a flag on the play. And there's a flag, and is this going to be a hold or a face mask? Because it's one of the two things that's in the area of the play. Personal foul, face mask against Personal Princeton. Foul against the Vikings. Goodness face gracious. Mask. You had an offsides that was careless. Now you got a face mask when you got the guy for a loss. So Fairfield will have a first down in its own 35-yard line. Inside two minutes to go here in the third, and this is a demoralizing last 12 minutes or so of football. Sexton on a wing right, now going to reset to a wing left. McLean to the right of Ellis, who gets the shotgun snap, hands it to McLean, running left, and he doesn't get much up to about the 39 before... Two or three defenders are there to wrestle him down. It's just been interesting the way it's developed with McLean. It's been some losses. It's been a couple of very, very short runs. But he's got 113 of his yards tonight on two runs, the two touchdown runs. 
And those count too. If you were to watch this game, for the most part, the Princeton defense has done a great job on him. And really on this Fairfield offense. They've been out there a whole bunch though. Approaching a minute to go in the third. Second and second and six from the 40. Here's a fake. Here's a throw out to the right. It's going to be caught and tackled immediately for a loss was Mays. Great job by Elijah Eberhardt. Or make it Jaden Scarborough, excuse me. Who just came up and chopped him down. They tried to run the little bubble screen to the right. And when he caught it and turned around, I mean to tell you, Scarborough was right on top of him to cut him down. He'll lose two back to the 38, make it third and seven. Probably got to run one more play at least here in the third for Fairfield. Down to 30 seconds on the game clock. Probably about 20 on the play clock. Go with two receivers to the left. One to the right. That's the closed side of the field. They're on the hash mark to the right. Ellis is to the left of, or rather, McLean to the left of Ellis in the gun. He fakes it to him. Drops the throw. Here comes some pressure. Ellis in trouble. He's going to be sacked back at the 25-yard line. Sixth time tonight he's been sacked. Third time by Jaheim Thomas. He'll get half. And Darian Henry will get half. Again, it's a shame how really well this defense has played. Offense has just done nothing. And that's going to do it for the third quarter. Time runs out on that play. Prince is going to need a comeback of comebacks here in quarter number four. 12 minutes of football left here from Pat Mancuso Field and Jake Swinney Automotive Group Stadium at the score. It's Fairfield 30, Princeton 13. You're listening to Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, and it's powered by Sidearm Sports. Filling an opening at your company means more than just finding an employee. You're looking for a fit, a match. Robert Half understands that. We know you need someone who can do the work, someone who complements your culture. And, of course, you need that someone fast. When it all comes together, it makes for a perfect fit. Satisfaction guaranteed. Robert Half, the matching experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Visit roberthalf.com radio for more information. Back here at Pat Mancuso Field, Jake Sweeney Automotive Stadium. It's fourth down for Fairfield as we start quarter number four. Elgin Phillips in punt formation stands at his own 10. Got a single safety back as it looks like Princeton may be going to try to block this. It's Foster who's in single safety back at the 40-yard line. So it looks like they're going to come and try to block this field goal try. Get you the stats through three quarters of play, thanks to my guy Dan Wright after this punt's done with, and it was a third quarter that Fairfield dominated. Good snap back here. They come after it. Oh, didn't just missed it. Boy, they had a jailbreak on that time, and Phillips' punt is going to go out of bounds. No, it doesn't. Stays inbounds at about the 43-yard line and down. There was a lot of guys back there with a chance to block that punt. Couldn't quite get to it. Through three quarters of play, Fairfield's out, out gained Princeton 260 yards to... 126. Jutah McLean with 145 yards on 16 carries. Sounds impressive, and it is. But 113 of those yards have come on two runs. On his other 14 carries tonight, he only has 32 yards. Princeton with just 14 yards rushing tonight on 18 attempts. Mm. And they need a score, and they need it quickly. Nine seconds into this fourth quarter, down three scores is Princeton. They're going to start out in what looks to be a very bunched trip set to the right. One receiver to the left. 
Horton with an empty backfield, just him there in the shotgun. Now a man in motion comes right, Foster. He gets the handoff, trying to swing it wide right on a jet sweep. Can he get to the corner of the 45? He cannot. What a great open field tackle, and I mean that was superb by Phoenix Porter, who returned the fumble to start the game 31 yards for a touchdown. It looked like Foster was going to get to the corner. He comes up limping. Now one of the offensive linemen coming out, too, for Princeton. Not sure who that was. Actually, they had an extra tight end, it looked like, in the game that time. Iron Love was in the game, I believe. That well, was Tamir Matthews, the tight end came out. Double slots each way. Price now in the backfield. Oh, no, Boyd to the right of the quarterback. Horton is in the shotgun. Set a man in motion going left. Horton takes a snap, drops the throw. He has a man in his face. Now he's flushed and forced to run. Throws a pass on the run. It's caught and running out of bounds. It is Rodney Harris at the 49-yard line in Fairfield territory. Good job by Horton. I mean, he caught the shotgun snap, and I'll tell you, Brandon Smith was right in his face. He pump faked it. Looked like he was going to try to run right at the last second. Did a good job to pull up and throw the pass. They actually mark it at the 48-yard line. So a nice gain. will make it third and two. It looked like it was going to be a disaster. Double slots each way. Boyd back in the game at running back. Is to the left of Horton in the gun. Horton takes the snap. Stands there. Now he's going to run up the middle. Hole opens for him across the 50, 45, 40, and a penalty flag comes in. It's going to go back for offensive holding. That run was by number eight, MJ Horton. That's what it's going to be. He got, he got it down to the 36-yard line. The but is holding against the Vikings. Princeton called for another penalty. That will be for Princeton tonight. Penalty number seven for 65 yards worth. It feels like each one's hurt badly. So instead of a first down at the Fairfield 36, that marks it all the way back to the 38-yard line. Holy cow. It's going to be third and 17, 16. Might as, well be, might as well be third and 50. Double slots each way in the shotgun. Horton takes the snap, sets his feet, fires to the far side, and it's broken up. Pretty good throw, and just able to get a fingertip in there to knock it away was Antoine Hill. As he was throwing a deep corner to Jamar Matthews. Hill did a good job just to get a hand in there at the last second and break it up. Princeton will have to punt with 10.32 to go in the game, down 17. Tamir Matthews will come in to punt. Phil Thomas is back in single safety, standing at the 30. Matthews gets the snap and hang on a second. Penalty flags flying. Princeton was never set. Nope. Ball was snapped as some Princeton players were still getting lined up. So another Princeton penalty. Flag on the players against the Vikings. Full start. So back him up five more. And Matthews will have to stand at his own 15 to punt this away. Fairfield still has Colerain to play. Last game of the season. That may well decide the Greater Miami Conference. Good snap back. Matthews gets the punt away, very short punt, it's high. It's gonna bounce at the 45 in Fairfield territory, then bounce sideways almost, and be down at the 43 yard line. So Fairfield back on offense. I mean, their offense only has eight first downs tonight. They've hit some big plays. But the Princeton defense, for the most part, has done a very nice job. The offense has not done a thing. And that's kind of the story of the Coleraine game and the Sycamore game, the two losses in the league. 
Spectators per GMC bylaw, Preston City School policy. Spectators are not permitted on the field. 10 10 to go. Fairfield has it up 30 to 13. Thank you in advance for your cooperation. Two long Jude Tom McLean touchdown runs. Fumble return for a touchdown. And a 32-yard touchdown run by the quarterback, Sawai Ellis, told the story. Ellis in the shotgun, has three receivers right, McLean to his left in the shotgun. Takes the snap, fakes the handoff, gonna keep it himself, picks his way through some traffic, across the 45 to the 50, and a nice gain of seven yards for Sawai Ellis on the first down keeper. That run was by the quarterback, number two, Ellis. Fairfield gonna be in no hurry, now up 17, with that 40-second play clock, they're just gonna try to grind away at it. Fairfield next week will be at Oak Hill, so a chance to get right back in the win column against arguably the worst team in the Greater Miami Conference. Still winless. Princeton probably is gonna have to win at least two of its last three games to get in the playoffs now. But they're capable of it. They got Mason, Dakota West, and Oak Hill is the final three. Here's a handoff McLean trying to swing it wide right, and he's gonna be hit hard and dropped at the 45. Got almost to the corner. But Juan Jarrett came flying across to drop him at the 45, but that is enough for a first down on a pickup of five yards. All Fairfield trying to do now, just work on some clock. Actually, they give him the 44 for the game. High school officials have a hard time spotting the football. They gave him an extra yard where he bounced to. He was on the ground at the 45 and then bounced to the 44. They gave it to him. Fairfield not even out of the huddle yet, as we're now under nine minutes to go. One receiver comes left. They have a tight end of the game. They actually have two tight ends in right at the moment. And Sexton on a wing left, two running backs as well behind Ellis in the shotgun. Takes the snap, hands it off to McLean, running off right guard, and he doesn't get much to the 42. Got three. That's kind of been the story tonight. He had 113 yards on two carries. There's a flag on the play. In the area of holding, maybe? Could be a legal formation, the call against Fairfield. The flag is against the Indians. Illegal procedure. And if you heard the PA announcing the legal procedure, it's actually an illegal formation call. So instead of a gain of three, it's a loss or a five-yard penalty, make it first and 15. Jason Krause out on the field trying to ask the official what happened there. I'm, Somebody lined up wrong for sure. Clock gets wound again. One of the weird things in high school football. After an offensive team commits a penalty, the clock goes back to running again. Two receivers right on the hash mark to the right. That's the tight side of the field. Sexton line up on a wing right. And McLean to the left of Ellis is in the shotgun. Takes the snap, handed off to McLean running right. And doesn't get much. Jarrett, or Megan Thomas, ball tied him and knocked him down at the 46-yard line. Four of the yards back. I can make it three. And Fairfield just not in a hurry, and we're under eight minutes to go. They're just milking clock very wisely. They're still not even out of the huddle. Two receivers gonna come left. They have a tight end back in there and a wing sex to the right. McLean lined up almost straight behind 
Ellison, the shotgun, looks at a five-man front, turns, hands it off. McLean running straight ahead, doesn't get much. He's still on his feet. Got it inside the 45, and then is shoved backwards. Darian Henry, Leroy Bowers, and Jaheim Thomas all there to stop him after a gain of two. And that'll bring up a third and ten. And by the time they snap this football, we'll be under seven minutes to go. Airfield just doing a good job of milking the clock. Up 30 to 13, Fairfield. They led 17-13 at the half, but it was with 125 to go in the half that Princeton had taken a 13-10 lead on an interception return. Double slots each way on this third and 10. Ellis in the shotgun, has McLean to his left, looks at a five-man front. Now since a man in motion going right, fakes the handoff to him, gives it to McLean instead off right guard, gets it inside the 40 and spins to the 38. This may be go for it range for Jason Krause now. As he brings it to a fourth and three, John Harris. And Darian Henry actually got to the 37. So he got eight yards, and it'll be it'll be third, fourth, and three, and I think he's going to go for it here. And again, when they snap this, it'll be just around the six-minute mark. Clock just tick, tick, ticking away on Princeton here. So they will go for it on fourth and three. Trip set left, the open side of the field. One receiver right, the closed side of the field. McLean to the right of Ellis in the shotgun. Looks at a five-man front. Thomas dropped his mouthpiece, has to pick it up and put it in as the snap's about to go off. Handed off to McLean, running left, bobbles the football. Can he get to the corner? He can. First down to Moore, 35-30. Down to the 25-20, and he gets down to the 15-yard line before he's finally brought down. And two Princeton players who tackled him, they are both slow in getting up. Juton McLean, he just punishes. That's Kevin Suttles who's down and just writhing in agony. The other player made the tackle, did pop up. I believe that was Christian Kilgus Dixon, but man, oh man, he lowered the boom on both. They tried to sandwich him. McLean, powerful in addition to fast. They got a player slow getting up on the near side. That's one of the guys blocking down the field, Jaden Mays. So 6.02 to go in the game, and on fourth and two, Juton McLean gets 22. Down to the 15-yard line. Fairfield looking all the world like it's going to go to 7-0 overall in the season. 5-0 in the Greater Miami Conference. Princeton will fall to 4-3 and 2-3. And Up next for Fairfield. They're at Sycamore next week. Then O kills. Certainly extremely winnable games for this team. And looking like they'll be 9-0 and 7-0. Heading into the final game at Fairfield against Colerain, which has not lost a Greater Miami Conference game, at least heading into tonight since 2008. Elsewhere in the GMC tonight, Coleraine was at Hamilton. Middletown at Sycamore. Oak Hills at Lakota East, and Lakota West was playing at Mason. That's a big game for both those teams. Mason's won three in a row. Trying to work its way back in the playoff picture. Sat at number nine in the Harbins going into this week. Lakota West sat at number five. Again, Princeton was six. And probably, if you do the math, would have to win two of their final three. Oak Hills next week, then Lakota West here. And Mason here. So two home games out of the final three. First down as the clock winds inside six minutes for Fairfield at the Princeton 15-yard line. Three receivers right. They operate on the hash mark to the left, so that's the open side. One receiver left. McLean almost directly behind Ellis in the shotgun. Takes the snap. Handoff McLean. Running off right guard. No, he kept it himself. And he's bottled up as he got a yard down to the 14. That's the danger. So why Ellis can pull it. He pulled it for a 32-yard touchdown run back in the third quarter. Christian Kilgus Dixon made the stop. 
By the time they snap this thing, it'll be under four minutes. You can almost run a play, basically. Two plays every almost two minutes, if it works out right. Rain's starting to steadily fall now. Not a heavy rain, but certainly heavier than we've had. We've had mostly a mist tonight. You can see it pretty well in the lights right now. McLean to the left of Ellis in the shotgun. Takes the shotgun snap, hands it to McLean, off right guard. He goes inside the 10, and then they drag him backwards at the 9. Darian Henry grabbed him around the waist and tried to pull him backwards. But they'll give him forward progress to the 9-yard line. We're going to set up a third and four for Fairfield. Up 30 to 13 here with inside 440 to go in the game. There's about five different coaches that are signaling something in for Fairfield. And the question is, who's the one who's alive? Trip set to the right. Ball in the middle of the field this time. One receiver left. McLean to the right of Ellis in the gun. Looks at a six-man front this time. Takes the snap. Handed off to McLean. He runs straight ahead. Gets it down near the first down marker. And I think he got it as he got to the five and then got pushed backwards. And that should be a first and goal. And it is. First and goal. Fairfield at the Princeton four-yard line. First and goal for the Indians. Inside of four minutes to go. They send that trip set to the right again. One receiver left, so no tight end in the game. McLean is to the right of Ellis. McLean with two touchdowns running tonight. Ellis with one. First and goal from the Princeton four for Fairfield. Ellis takes the snap. He's just going to keep it on a straight run off the right tackle and gets to the two before he's wrapped up by Henry. And who else was there? John Harris. Combined on the tackle, Ellis never went down, but he was stopped at about the two-yard line. See where they officially mark it. They've not put it down yet. They'll put it down at the three, so a gain of a yard. By the time they snap this, they'll be inside three minutes to go in the game. It's been a good-looking drive for Fairfield. Good second half for Fairfield. They have really owned it on both sides of the ball. From the shotgun, Ellis has McLean to his left on second and goal from the three. Man in motion going right. They hand it to McLean coming straight ahead. He dives and got only to the two-yard line. He tried to duck under a tackler, Joshua Younger, but Younger did a good job to knock him down. He gets a yard to the two. We're to be third and goal from the two-yard line. Third down and goal for the Indians. This gets snapped. There'll be just barely over two minutes to go in the game. Two receivers go each way. McLean's going to line up behind Ellis, who's in the shotgun. McLean just a hair offset to his left, off his left hip almost. From the, from the two, here's a handoff. McLean up the middle he goes, and into the end zone he goes for the third touchdown of the night for Juton McLean. And with 2.13 to go in the game, 2.14 to go in the game, Fairfield extends its lead to 36-13. to Juton McLean now on the season has scored 15 touchdowns on the ground. Averaging a little over two touchdowns rushing per game. And it'll be Nick Matty to attempt the extra point. Here's the snap back and then Princeton I think jumped off sides. I think Harding got through there a hair early. 
Well, at this point, you have to clearly say in the Greater Miami Conference, there's little doubt that Coleraine and Fairfield are the class of the league. And then the drop-off, wherever you want to go to that drop-off, whether it's this Princeton team or Lakota West or maybe even Surgeon Mason, it is a big drop-off. Princeton look like it gotten some momentum over the last couple of weeks with a couple of wins. But not so, not so fast against this Fairfield team. Snap back, the kick is on the way, and it is just inside the right upright and good. 2-14 is all that's left in this one. The score now, Fairfield 37, Princeton 13. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media. It's powered by Sidearm Sports. Loveland Chiropractic Office has been treating patients in the Loveland area since 1921. We have generations of experience that continue to lead the field in chiropractic care. With our experience, we have high level of success with acute injuries as well as chronic conditions. You can find us online at lovelandchiro.com. That's lovelandchiro.com. And on Facebook. Back here at Pat Mancuso Field in Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium. I'm Richard Skinner with producer engineer Zach Waddell. Princeton has seen Fairfield run off 27 unanswered points since the Vikings took a 13-10 lead with a minute 25 to go in the third in the first half. Been thoroughly dominated here at half number two. It'll be Elgin Phillips to kick it off. Kick the last one deep after she'd squibbed the previous three or four. Moves on the football. He gets away. Squib kick that Burkhalter fields at the 20, running diagonally, running straight across. Now they're going to reverse it back the other way to Foster, and they didn't fool Fairfield at all. Good job of staying in their lanes on the raw on the kick coverage. As there to shove him out of bounds was Omar Stewie. 206 to go. The Vikings will take over first down. will fall to four and three, two and three. Probably have to win two of its last three to get in. Oak Hills probably can write in the win column. Mason and Lakota West though, pretty much toss up games. So Susan the quarterback here, is it Dorian Durham? Looks like it. He is in the game, takes the snap, pump fakes, now rolls left, now rolls back to his right, trying to get a blocker, he's in some trouble, then throws a pass to nobody. Just threw it away. Did have a receiver coming back in the area for it. That was Jamar Matthews. Tried to run a double move and there was no any pump fake. They're actually shoulder shaked. The defender didn't bite an ounce. Durham had to just scramble for his life and throw it away. So second and 10 from the 27. in the shotgun, waits the snap, gets it, drops the throw, sets his feet, looks left, throws it left, throws it way over everybody. And a couple receivers out that way, but neither one were close. Burkhalter was out that way, and so was Matthews. Was for 10, it was incomplete, it'll be third and ten. Third down. 
Chunk of the Fairfield fans that came tonight filed out as the rain started to come. It stopped raining again. It's been off and on. Really not very hard rain, but it has drizzled. Third and 10, Dorian Durham in the shotgun takes the snap. He's just gonna throw it up for grabs, deep up the left side. Nobody there but a defender, intercepted by Thomas back at the 40 yard line. Shakes one tackler, on his feet, running laterally across the 45 to the 50, and now he looks to go down. He faked going down, still on his feet. He's at the 40, he's at the 30, and he is gonna score, but there's a penalty flag on the play. <coughs> Excuse me, Thomas faked like he was gonna go down at the 50 yard line. Stayed on his feet and goes all the way for a touchdown, but there's a penalty flag on the play. I think we're gonna get a late block in the back against Fairfield, it is. Quite a return by Thomas. The pass was thrown almost like a punt. Thomas, who is a punt returner, fielded it over his shoulder, broke a couple of tackles and got into the clear at about the 50. Looked like he was just gonna to decide to give up. At that point, everybody on Princeton stopped for a second. He just kept on running, ran all the way to the end zone for a touchdown, but it's gonna come back because of the penalty. I think Thomas is still down in the end zone. He might have cramped up on that play after the run. 129 is all that's left. All really Fairfield needs to do is take three knees. That was quite a return though by Thomas. Actually, if the touchdown had stood, believe it or not, it would have gotten us to a running clock. Not that it matters with a minute 24 or a minute 29. That's a little on the embarrassing side on homecoming night when a big game and a big opponent that you let it get to a running clock. And the player that's shaking up is up and walking off. And walking off gingerly is, I think that's Thomas. I'm trying to get a number. He did a lot of running, I can tell you that much. Fairfield student section cheering for him and so are some of his teammates walking over to congratulate him. Yeah, he, he's all right. I think. They just cramped up, that was Thomas. That was a heck of a return. So after the penalty and the mark off, not that it really matters, Fairfield's gonna start in its own 45 yard line and I assume they just need to take a couple knees and call this in a day. But we'll see. Probably have to snap it three times unless Princeton were to take timeouts, which I don't know why they would. They are in a victory formation right now. They've got everybody crammed around the quarterback, Ellis, except for McLean, who stands about 10 yards deep in case something happens. Ellis takes the snap, takes a knee. The Fairfield section starting to celebrate. And it's getting closer and closer to an official 7-0 start. Two more extremely winnable games for Fairfield are going to set up quite a showdown in week 10 against Coleraine. Again, no team in the league, at least entering tonight. I would assume Hamilton didn't beat Coleraine either tonight. But no team has won in this league since 2008. 17 to three, Coleraine was leading. One, so that's official. They have one again. That's their 80th straight Greater Miami Conference win. Last team to beat him, Middletown back in 2008. But boy, what a showdown that's gonna make in week 10 in all likelihood between this team and Coleraine. Ellis took another knee and inside of 40 seconds, they do a bunch of jumping around high fives because they don't have to snap it again. And Fairfield is gonna go to seven and oh. Five and oh in the Greater Miami Conference. Prince is gonna drop to four and three. 
and two and three. And set up probably a scenario of needing to win two of the final three for Princeton to get in the playoffs for the first time since 2007. It's doable, but now Princeton's put itself in the hole of really having to do it. Princeton led at 1.13 to 10 late in the first half. Juton McLean then ripped off a 57-yard touchdown. So why Ellis from 32 yards early in the second half? McLean from 56 yards. McLean again from three yards. And outscored Princeton 27 or 27 to nothing after the 13 to 10 lead. They outscored 20 to nothing in the second half. Fairfield goes on to the dominating win by a final count of 37 to 13. We thank you for being with us. Don't forget. We'll be back on the air next week. Princeton Vikings football as we're on the road to Oak Hill's final road game. Last two will be here at home. And we'll be on the air about 20 minutes prior to kickoff time. We hope you can join us for that one. Again, the final score tonight for my man, our engineer and producer, Zach Waddell. I'm Richard Skinner. Final score tonight it was Fairfield 37, Princeton 13. This has been Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, and it's powered by Sidearm Sports.